0: What is this episode? Logos Media's Unspun, episode number two hundred nine, season fourteen, episode five. We are back once again with Dr. Hans Utter for his fiftieth appearance on the show. Hans, welamualaikum. Welcome, okay, man. Father. That's I, like like one Islam quarter over forty right? years uh, ago. You know what I had hey, to think you did? Also and a convert it to a Plain, dang. Audio there. Go ahead now. You can say something that's not going to be yeah. playing over us.
1: That's about what that's an eighth. Uh, uh, it's a one quarter of your shows. That's a lot. What's that? One quarter of the Gnostic Media shows. Well,
0: Two hundred. Uh, uh, well, that includes Logos Media, the Unspun shows, the 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 earlier Gnostic Media shows, the uh, the RBN Radio Network shows. You did a number on there. So that's 50 for everything, which is probably close to – getting close to 500 shows total. Okay, so okay. – About 10% of the total.
1: Uh, okay, man, shoot, I was trying – you just – you got so many books behind you, it's intimidating, you know? It's like uh, – <laughs> But, you know, you seem like – I've got lots of books, but they're not here, so.
0: Well – You know, I didn't want them all over the house like my last place. You know, it was just the whole, every single wall space in the whole house was taken up. So I tried to squeeze most in here. And there's a bunch still in boxes in the garage that I'm going to have to find something to do with. So where do we begin? Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, this is um, actually really... Um, I came up with a title. We talked yesterday. I was like, okay, man, who's gonna? It's a great title. Nothing behind it nowadays. There's, there's, um, there's a lot, a lot there, a lot to look into. Um, but what sort of, um, in some ways, well, you know, it may kind of continuation of what we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I think it's gonna be a little bit different. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was inspired because, um, you know, being, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, with a bad flu. I didn't die. I don't have COVID. I'm not a not a COVID carrier, a super spreader. I'm a super spreader of the funk. Yeah, no, it's, I mean I've done music, but um, but uh, you know, I so ended up I like, watched like trying to watch film. Most of the it's just surprised how bad almost everything is. Just basically sucks. I mean, so many movies, the quality has gone down. But you know, I, uh, Mel Gibson, okay. Uh, you know I thought I remember seeing apocalypto you know when it came out vaguely you know I was what probably was it, on,
0: like 2006 I think
1: yeah I was probably on mushrooms now I hope that
0: <laughs> I would have been traumatized but
1: uh, I, you know I said okay but I uh, you know I was um it you know may have been the uh, the cold medication but I was very impressed with uh, with the with the movie um just in a in the way that I think it was pretty much roundly panned by critics but I mean huge amount of effort went into that with the historical accuracy with um with all the you know the even the everything you know and and, and just filming it and recreating that time you know what i mean and that's like a very powerful you know mechanism of film but what started to hit me i'm watching that film it's like we're almost living this is almost like a, a a a revelation of what our modern life is like in a certain way in a in in one way right I, i i and well i'll let you let you go ahead
0: well you know i've i started working on this article exposing the aztec mushroom death cult years ago in fact it was in uh on june 25 2018 that i posted an article on uh Uh, Facebook uh, discussing the reality of the Aztec mushroom death cult and people can pause that on screen if they want to read that but uh, or they can you know pull it up on my Facebook page here but I pulled up a bunch of quotes from the uh, Florentine Codex and from Friar Modellinia from Diego Duran one of the early Spanish historians and uh, posted a link to an article from Science Mag. I don't know why the image isn't showing there, but uh, give them full credit. But they had done uh, uh, an expose regarding a, a temple that was found underneath Mexico City. The, when the Spanish built Mexico and ended this death uh, cannibalism cult, they built the city directly on on top of this old skull temple, and it's since been discovered that uh, the, the 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 soil around these temples is still 500 years later saturated with uh, human blood. But uh, so that keyed me into an article that I had already been working on, and I've actually started working on it again this last week I spent a few days doing some more work on it but uh, you know they this and I'm showing on screen here this huge skull temple that they've uncovered in in Mexico City that was the Aztecs and uh, uh, Diego Duran discusses how at at Montezuma's coronation, in, what was it, 1504, 1508, or something like that? They were sacrificing uh, 2,000, 3,000, even up to 8,000 people per day for his uh, coronation ritual, and then they were eating this stuff and uh, eating the people, and uh, you know throwing their bodies down the temple, etc., But Diego Duran was shocked, and of course, I've gone through and I've been researching Gordon Wasson's research and how he worked for MKUltra Subproject 58, and I've written some extensive articles on that. I exposed how the work that he did with Professor Carl Ruck was fraudulent. Uh, Carl Ruck, of course, was the first interview I ever did on this show. But I exposed how Carl Ruck's creation of the word enthugen was based on entirely false premises. But, uh, you know, so then I started seeing all of these death cult citations that Wasson had, you know. And Wasson was a PR uh, man as well for J.P. Morgan Bank. And he was basically spinning this death cult as a new age, lovey-dovey, ancient religion and what he did was he went around mexico and he interviewed various illiterate indigenous people from various tribes all over mexico and he cobbled all of this together into a brand new mushroom religion that he sold to the western uh youth and and hippies to uh, drive tourism into Mexico and as part of the MKUltra program against the middle class youth in our own country. And so, uh, you know, Wasson does this whole uh, game to try to play down what... uh, the Aztecs were doing. And he says, Durant's tone here is so out of harmony with what, we, with what he had previously said, that were we not dealing with the holographic manuscript in his own hand, I would have to ask whether it had to do with an inter- interpolation of a priestly redactor. Such a violent statement. Many men drunk and senseless killing themselves is repeated by white men unacquainted with the hallucinogenic mushrooms or who have possibly been ill-prepared for the experience and been drunk from alcohol when they took them. And uh, so Wasson spends this whole ad hominem attack about white people. Of course, he's white, you know. And they throw this big attack against the Spanish, you know. But, you know, at what point do we say that we have to uh, give credence to some of what the... Spanish chroniclers were saying. And what Wasson did was he omitted the entire first paragraph from uh, Diego Duran's statement where he says that he's not exaggerating about all of these human sacrifices. And so I went through and I found the original documentation and it's, uh, you know, and here, Modalini, or excuse me, Diego Duran says, It had become as common among these people to sacrifice men on feast days as it is for us to kill lambs or cattle in the slaughterhouse. I am not exaggerating. There were days in which 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, or 8,000 men were sacrificed. Their flesh was eaten, and the banquet was prepared with it after the hearts had been offered to the devil. When the sacrifice was finished and the steps of the courtyard were bathed in human blood, everyone went out to eat raw mushrooms. And with, with this food, they went out of their minds and were in a worse state than if they had drunk a great quantity of wine. They became so inebriated and witli- witless that many of them took their lives with their own hands. Under the strong influence of these mushrooms, they f- saw visions and had revelations about the future, since the devil spoke to them in their drunken madness. And then Wasson goes on to claim that uh, there were no other historical uh, reports supporting this. In fact, there were several others. But Wasson was a PR man, and he was working for the CIA, and he headed MKUltra Subproject 58, which was the popularization of magic mushrooms to the public. Uh, in the West, and now globally, that's all a continuation of the MK Ultra project, and it was kicked off in the May 13, 1957 edition of Life magazine in his article, uh, Seeking the Magic Mushroom, and of course, uh, Henry Luce that owned Life, Time Life magazines, they were, you know, he was in on it as well, he was a CIA guy as well. So that's kind of a rundown. Where do you want to take it from there?
1: Well, it's interesting that the passage that's at least archive.org, which is really not very good anymore. It used to be a, a great site, but, you know, half the books, you know, you can check it out for one hour. When I'm checking out a PDF, you know, a 500-page book for one hour, give me a break. You know what I mean? Uh, you I didn't know, it's, know
0: archive.org did that.
1: Well, they do it a lot, and especially like a lot of like is, you know, anything you find almost anything interesting, you have to like check the book out. You can borrow you borrow the PDF, and sometimes sometimes it's thirty minutes, sometimes it can go up to two hours, but it's it's not even for a day or twenty four hours. You know, it's it's just like for for you know, and you got a huge thing. You get, then you have to check it out again, and you no longer have access. But um, you know the the editing uh, out of that um, battle for the mind, like William Sargent, you know, talking about Watson, his first trip and how bad it was like how much you know he had a really bad trip and so that was is deleted at least from the archive.org version and maybe deleted from other you know uh, print editions of the book but that shows that little bit that's removed that must be a very important thing and it and it is right in that um you know william sargent who you know was we talked you know the mind control stuff started coming out because um You know, the population, there were, especially say in California, you know, where you live, used to be like sort of a hotbed of people pushing back against a lot of this stuff. And some of it was quite organized and politically powerful. And and we forget about that, you know, with the total marginalization. A
0: a, a lot of that, uh, the pushback was kicked off because of the Charles Manson family cult that uh, killed a bunch of people, you know. I'm going,
1: I'm talking about going back to the 1920s. I mean, talking about for yeah and i think the, the in the 60s was not um I was starting to be uh you know demonized um you know you kind of stole my thunder because i was going to talk about a group a group that gets away with everything and you just cannot criticize them and that's white men right you just can't criticize white men white okay white, but
0: <laughs>
1: you just can't do it no that was my just trying to make you all nervous there. He's like, no, he's like, but, um, what I was going to say is that, so this, the way this stuff infiltrated, right? The society, and I've got a whole bunch, you know, a bunch of images, but, you know, there's a whole, um, you know, series of precursors to this, um, process. One of them being prohibition, right? So prohibition, you make alcohol illegal, right? But you have huge amounts of bootleggers, and you have, that's where a lot of the ill-gotten gains of, you know, our, our, uh, you know, erstwhile masters of the universe that control us. Uh, And so you have the prohibition, and then that's the jazz age, right? So, and then, but also you have this, you know, starting especially around the 1880s, 1890s, you have this, um, you know, bringing in of occult magic Things like that into mainstream society, um, and fast forward. Well, well, you, you know, I'll, I'll go I'll go back in time, you know, later. But for example, like I dream of genie, right? You marry everyone bewitched? Oh
0: yeah. You know? oh, oh, and, yeah. Oh, and
1: these, yeah. Uh, these things, and then you have, of course, light. You know, Life Magazine, which or this was like the this was like the, it was almost like a, a foundational aspect of the whole culture.
0: You know, I, I got a question for you, real quick, Hans. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Mm-hmm. Who wrote the book on? Uh allowing churches to continue to use wine during Prohibition. Do not know that. No idea. Get this. Can you see that? Ah, father of Gordon Wasson. The father of Gordon Wasson. That's right. No joke. And uh, Reverend E.A. Wasson, Ph.D., (laughs)
1: Yeah, and, you know, obviously, there's the, you know, you have the, you know, guilt by association in that, you know, just because your parents did something doesn't mean you do it. But you see this, the Huxley family, I mean, all the way going back generation to generation. Um, Wait, right, I said Alice Huxley, I I get to take a drink, right? Isn't that your game?
0: Yeah, well, you know, we haven't played that for a while, but for a long time, every time. This is this is well, and we'll see the issue was no, we never mind. got through an episode where the audience wasn't wasted, you know.
1: Well, this is all I have so I'm not, I don't think that's going to get me wasted. <laughs> that's all I have, but but you know anyways, you know, to your point or to my point, I guess, is that the way this has been normalized and the ritual aspect of you know creating the space where these public rituals can um, you know, can't occur. Uh, and, and I've talked about this a lot, um, you know, on our previous shows, but, you know, there's there's a kind of almost like a hardwired biological imperative to fit in with the group, which is your tribe. Right. So back in the Paleolithic era, if you go against your tribe, you get cast out, you're going to die. Basically, that's a death sentence. Right. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to move from Boise, Idaho to L.A. and, you know, dye my hair purple. No it's not like that. You are, you know, you were out. And so that, especially in, well, females, I mean, there's a, you know, you have the what magto men going, what is it? Men going their own way. Yeah. Magto, mid or incel. And so there's a a lot of this real anti female rhetoric, right. And
0: anti-family as well, because the, well, you know, first they, the CIA created the feminists and then they created the, the male version of the feminists in uh, MGTOW, but it's all anti-family stuff. And, well, you know, because the feminists have attacked men, well, we're going to attack the women. So it it gets nobody anywhere. It's all it's all soft kill eugenics.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that structure of the family, but then you're, you know, you're, you, you know, you're, it, this is like the old, um, you know, I, what is it, uh 59th anniversary is like a Jimi hendrix song you know so you say we're i can't play any music i'm not going to sing i do have an auto tuner in my studio studio's up and running. without auto tune i won't sing but basically you know he's so say you want to get married you know that and now it's our you know then it, the, basically the songs um it's like a b-side single but the girl convinces him to get married and goes through all their different anniversaries and every like five years ten years he, they get more and more miserable you know and by the end the last anniversary they want to basically kill each other or whatever but that's the thing of like marriage like a prison well you know not only marriage but marriage is the the roles of male and female and all this stuff so when you have men going their own way it's like and then you have the other side of that is a pickup artist right where you use all the nlp techniques you know like neil strauss with yeah. that book and these guys like you think about it like like is that like it's so you know i mean at least at a certain age you know for me i don't you don't want to hear about you know oh i just did this with this chick and that i mean when you're like in, I mean what i'm you know what i mean what i mean is that a lot of that's almost for bragging rights right yep. you know but then if you're going to go ahead and you're going mani- to psychologically manipulate women to sleep with you and you can sleep with you know 10 women a week that's that's held up as a paragon of manhood and then being the responsible you know father of you know holding a family together is seen as the responsibility of like you know the the, the cuckold or the you know the wimp you know what i mean yeah and then you have this the, the stuff, the anti-female stuff where, you know, they'd like hate, oh, everything is bad because of women and da-da-da. Well, back to, you know, what I said originally, women, generally speaking, biologically are conditioned to be more resonant with the sort of the societal norms, right? Because they want to keep family together, right? And this, this you know, you know what I mean? This is, and that's something that's almost hardwired. And this has been so manipulated where certain types of discourse are verboten right there you talk about something you're suddenly classified you know you know you're a you know you're a right-wing extremist you know there's or left-wing extremist possibly i don't know as long as white men are gone it's going to be fine dude that's what we're going no, <laughs> that's a problem white, white
0: male privilege you know you, yeah you, i'm so you're not supposed to work for your family and your children and their future because that's a uh racist white privileged behavior because other cultures apparently don't care about their families so for them to get ahead you got to push one group down yeah i mean that's per their per their own logic i mean i'm not saying that but that seems to be the logic that they use for this stuff
1: yeah so let me just um uh okay you just say you disabled my screen sharing man
0: i did I didn't. But here, let me see if, uh, geez, how do I, how do I, uh, allow you to share? I didn't change your settings at all.
1: I said, just said, I just got the host disabled.
0: Um, here, let me, uh, sorry here. All participants. Try it now.
1: Okay. And so, share. So this is, an, uh, you know, going back to our oh,
0: favorite yeah. Hank Harrison,
1: topic. Hank Harrison, who Courtney wrote loves,
0: the- uh Courtney loves Dad. I talked yeah. to him once or twice.
1: Yeah, and I know you, know, you know, people, you know, know him and you know, he's like a nice guy or whatever. But he's at the Presidio gun emplacement, right? So why that's important is Hank Harrison was, um, you know, he's one that sort of put the Grateful Dead into sort of an intellectual stand context right um but at the same time he did reveal a lot but the presidio military you know the presidio is you know of course we have who was there Any, anyone from the audience oh um I, michael aquino. I, michael aquino where i mean and that's there is um there's even some uh, mayan you know symbolism there at at the um at, at the at the presidio uh encampment but you know this idea and I, I won't play my um interview quotes from jerry and owsley just you know because I like i said i don't want to have that happen again but here's is a grateful dead i mean this looks really it's real positive family friendly right look at that so these are these images right this is um i believe that it's from uh Facebook, but so you see that the skull um with the roses rosicrucian um the colors, um, and all that, so it is a death ritual, and that's actually what the you know they're they're talking about is that these concerts are a ritual, they're a ritual enactment, um, and it's like you go through birth and death, it's a hero's journey, blah blah blah. Um, I don't sound as good as Jerry. Yeah, man, it's like you go, you go through birth and actually Jerry is really he's a smart guy. He's you know you know he you know was military intelligence, so he wasn't just some. <laughs> some hack, you know, noodling on his guitar, you know, playing the longest guitar solo, you know, they will, you know, but, but so, so this stuff though is so much interlocked I'll share one last picture. And
0: and for those who want more on this specific topic, they can go by and watch your, my series Hans uh, laying the dead to rest. And we go into great depth on all of this.
1: Yeah. So here's some, you know some uh, you know excavations of like child sacrifice right there where the bones are buried. This is a from a Mayan thing. So, um, but you can see the similarity almost sort of with some of the you know Grateful Dead imagery and this and that. Um, and it, it, of course, this is not just the Grateful Dead. Um, this is um, you know many many other other groups. But this um, uh, uh, the this whole project or you know is dependent on a lot of forces, you know, over time, and we're sort of witnessing the end game. But part of that is that the, um, you know, everyone thinks they're becoming an initiate, right? They think, oh, well, I, you know, if I, I, you know I, I, I become a punk rocker or I'm, well, I'm not saying people think this per se, but it's almost like you become an initiate. You can, you can become a God among men, you know, you read uh, the perennial philosophy and then you can become enlightened. You know, or, you know, you go to a dead show and take LSD or whatever it may be. Um, But actually, you are the sacrifice, right? You are there as a sacrifice um, or else, you know, the higher up you go, the more people you're going to bring down with you. You know, unless you become, maybe you can, you know, fight your way to the top of the, you know, the the pyramid. Um, But, of course, that that pyramid, you know, the top points down,
0: right? Well, and and we... You know, and a lot of people, and we had exposed years ago the Altamont concert where they sacrificed, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? I forget his name now off the top.
1: Wasn't it Green something?
0: Uh, Uh, I forget his name, but they sacrificed him, and George Lucas was the cameraman for the whole thing, and I think that's how he got his edge. And then who who owned the uh, Presidio? going back to that george lucas george lucas george Lucas.
1: so i so, so, so george lucas owned the presidio military base
0: yeah after they closed it down as a military base oh,
1: oh okay oh so he owned it okay i died that i didn't know man that's um yeah well but you see like so star wars well one of the things that really got me in apocalypto is you may bring that up but hey i mean mel gibson should have credit for being a really first-class filmmaker. Really excellent. I mean, I don't care whatever the critics say. I watch so many movies. They're all so bad. You know, most of them. It's, um, but that is like a, what he did is amazing accomplishment. And even doing a little bit on film. I mean, you know, I got, I have some understanding of that. It's a massive project. But one thing you notice is so much of the imagery from Star Wars is coming directly from Mayan. Mayan sources, right? They hear that human, you know, sacrifice uh, type of uh, cult. Well, and- well, you
0: see the, the hairstyles that Mel Gibson portrays in the uh, temple sacrifices and stuff like that. And, and when they're in the Maya, you know, when they bring the, the slave captures in for sacrifice, they, they're showing the hair and all of that. And then you had, had noticed the, them painting the, the slaves blue before they uh, sacrificed them. Oh, Meredith Hunter. That was the uh, guy's name that they sacrificed at the uh, Rolling Stones concert. Why did
1: I think of uh, green? I don't know. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, but but, yeah, Meredith. Well, there was some uh, connection with uh, the color green he was wearing or whatever. But here's an example. Let me just show you. um, I'll share this real quick. So this is like the stage setup, right? At the so I mean, and that Altamont was such a very very important concert. I mean, it is, you know, really a, you know, a major cultural event. So here's the, of course you have the Hell's Angels, Hell's and
0: you, Angels, and then
1: uh you got you got your Crowley and mystical symbol on the
0: on the on the stage. Um and then Mick, Mick also, Jagger was wearing red and black and and he was symbolized as Satan in the concert.
1: Yeah. And so this, the film, and this was the concert itself, you know, there's many, um, you know, I guess, concert, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, concert movies? You know, there's been tons, there always have been, but this was like the first like meta, meta concert movie, right? Where <laughs> we're making a concert film. It's not like you just like Woodstock is kind of like, you know, you're there, um, you know, it's like the, the the camera and all that makes you like a, a participant, right? You're, you know, God's eye view or, low, you know, close, short, you know, close shots, da da, da. It's like you're there. But Me Shelter, um, the movie, you know, which was filmed at for Altamont, was set up as a worm, you know, that self, they call it, you know, the, the postmodern or whatever, you know, the meta Meta level, oh, we're making a film. We're gonna be really self-conscious making the film. And what does the film open with? Mick Jagger watching the footage of the ritual sacrifice in the in the cutting room. You know? Yeah. And so it's the first it well, obviously probably not it's not the first snuff film, but it literally is a snuff film. Um you know, in that he's watching this sacrifice. Oh, oh my god, I couldn't believe it. They rind it again. Sorry. I can't do any British accent. Every accent I do comes out like any, it sounds Indian. I can't help it. I don't know. <laughs> it's really fucked up.
0: You got the Punjab.
1: I can't help it, man. I don't know. God bless me. But um, anyways, though, but that film, that was so important. Um, and you know, just chime in if you want to, but I'll bring up a few things about Ultima.
0: You want to, um, you, you, you still going to, are we still going on this image on screen here?
1: oh i i can take it off okay it just it's so great to see mick oh dance like uh, jagger right? Yeah. remember that song but uh well, well one of one of the things interesting with that um or one of the many things is that in the movie they changed the backing music instead of sympathy for the devil it was like you know w- you know whatever they, they switch they swapped out the songs right so even though they were playing symphony for the devil sympathy for the, not symphony but sympathy right They were playing that song. They had different music in the soundtrack, and it was edited to hide that, right? But that whole concert was set up for that sacrifice. Uh, But that sacrifice was not just a single person getting killed by the Hells Angels, right? It was, you know, it connects, like, with the Wicker Man. um, And that concert, which was a free concert, and guess who else also played there? Grateful Dead, Yep. Yep, answered the question. But that concert was the death knell for the entire, you know, spiritual quest, the peace and love, you know, the optimism of the 60s, right? That was it. And then, you know, you have, of course, Owsley and, of course, other people, you know, they're cutting the LSD with, you know, um, STP, um, and um, you know other you know other drugs so the LSD is getting really nasty right people are getting really bad trips they're really you have this very pure um, LSD and then they start cutting it and then it's like you're getting psychosis right you can get permanent psychosis um, from some of these uh, substances that have a longer um, you know longer time before they kick in so you keep you take three or four more doses and you're psychotic you maybe permanently or just you know going the worst kind of paranoia you can imagine well this is what's happening this killed the whole dream of the sixties, right? This, this was, you know, Altamont is really the, like the, the, the tail end, like, boom, it's like a brick wall, all your peace, love, happiness, boom, you just ran into a brick wall with this, this um, debacle. But of course it wasn't a debacle, right? It was a ritual. Um, And of course, guess who was there at the concert? Guess who managed, who was fleeing their captors, you know, you know, the, uh, the, the the great action hero, right? The Jason Bourne, you know, of who? Timothy Leary, right? Timothy Leary, who was like public enemy number one, is allowed to fly back in and is on stage when that sacrifice happens. He's there. He got back in the country. This guy, you know, escaping from prison and fleeing to Europe and then flying from Europe and coming to the concert and being standing on stage and on the anniversary, right, of... The ritual that Aleister Crowley performed uh, in the deserts of Algeria to um, uh, the Chronozone, this this demonic entity who's actually related to Kronos, right? We go to the Greek gods. So Timothy Leary, I mean, I mean, um, uh, Aleister Crowley reenacted this. Well, he actually did this ritual. He took this very promising young poet who was a "quote unquote" sodomite, as they said in that day, and you know, Crowley wasn't gay, but he needed to be sodomized to do this satanic ritual in the middle of the desert, right? So this poet, you know, Crowley is very, you know, hot stuff, I guess, you know, mountain climber. That's before he became this, uh, you know, bald-headed, fat junkie. Um, But uh, basically, he had to be sodomized to do this ritual. The poet went insane, right, after being stuck in the desert doing this ritual, because just like Crowley, well, they say, um, is that, oh, he'll open the gate for this demon, but then he's not able to close the gate. So just like he did at um, Loch Ness, right? Where the pay, the house of Jimmy Page bought. But anyways, so he did this ritual to summon the, this very, very powerful demonic force, um, which is like, you know, bringing about, you know, the horror of Babylon and all this stuff. I mean, very powerful. Um, that exact date, and it was like 66 years later, well um leary and his uh buddy i don't, I don't, I don't think it was brian Jensen, but one of his you know his uh you know hangers-on performed mirrored that same Crowleyan ritual in algeria and then on the 66th anniversary he's flown in and altamont takes place exactly at that altamont, date and time.
0: and that's for the man on the mountain for those who, of you who don't know that's a signal to Hassani sabah who did the uh you know, the whole uh, – he he was the creator of the assassins, and that's where the term hashish comes from. He would get the people high and then plant them in di- different places and then activate them to commit uh, assassinations later on. And he created this sort of uh, drug paradise Garden of Eden with all these virgins and stuff and food to lap on to the, uh, the, the assassins that he was creating so that they would uh, – want to be in his paradise in the afterlife after they committed these assassins. And who else was a big fan of Hassani Sabah other than Timothy Leary but Mick Jagger? And you and I uh, years ago played a video clip, and I don't have that handy. It's, I'm sure it's on my hard drive somewhere, of uh, Mick Jagger uh, bragging about uh, uh, Hassani Sabah and that whole man-on-the-mount cult
1: yeah, no. Hassani Zabah, um Zaba, uh, the um, Hakeem Bey, who's the uh, um, the pedophile. Um, Peter Landor
0: Wilson, yep.
1: Author of the Temporary Autonomous Zone, which was the founding is the founding document for the Burning Man cult.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and so, um, so my first novel, which will be published soon, like uh many others but but i i was doing a lot of research into that and this is when i could still access university libraries and they still actually had books which i i actually winded up going to graduate school because i was working as a musician and i was like well i started going to university library and like writing this book and i went you know researching it um but uh, but peter lamborn Wilson is one of the sources on that um and you know he's quite a good he's a good writer but um you know he's connected i mean absolutely connected big time with this pedophilia but then the temporary autonomous he,
0: he was a member of Nambla. The, the, yeah uh, the North no North no he's North
1: a big time i mean um in fact i i do believe that i had met him accidentally in india there was like a, a room you know in some kind of crappy hotel and there, you know, i was supposed to meet somebody so always so much famous you should meet and i walked in was down and it was this really um yeah, just um they're not, it just had a really bad aura in that space. And there's a couple of young boys and they seemed weird and they had eyeshadow. And this guy was there, which I was, I believe, Peter Lam- Lamborne Wilson or supposed to be. And I just, I, I didn't even talk. I just basically, it was such a weird vibe. You know what I mean? You go down and there's a guy like lounging, you know, like um, whatever, you know, the Sultan with these boys. It was really weird and unpleasant. I, and just, I, you know, it just, that was in my mind. But, anyways that's the temporary zone and the hashishans um, is one example of you know actually the word assassin right the word assassin came from hashishan so hashishan was the fact that they were you know they were you know taken intoxicated um and that's still that religious you know group um is still extant today i mean they're the you know it's called the, there's different i won't get into the whole like
0: well, and yes. the, the, you know, the Cacophony Society was also behind the Temporary Autonomous Zone, which became Burning Man, and uh, Larry Harvey, who is heading up uh, the Burning Man thing. But the the Cacophony Society was out of the uh, Merry Pranksters, who were part of the CIA's promotion of of uh, psychedelics, uh, Stuart Brand, Tim Leary, August, Augustus Stanley Barrowsley, uh, Dorothy Fadiman uh, Ken Kesey of course Neil Cassidy Tim Scully one of the big uh, LSD pushers uh, wavy gravy but uh, you know I have a video clip of Leary admitting that the Mary pranksters were uh, were were undercover agents and then uh, there was more than one bus they always portrayed the whole thing as that they had one bus but I had started doing research years ago. I found at least five or six different buses that they used. And, uh, you know, you start looking at the, the bus design, the front grills, the, you know, totally different buses. But what the public was told was that there was always one bus, but there, they had a number of them in different places in the country at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well that, um, you know, speaking of that, let me just, I'll pull this up here. Um, I just pair a little bit that connect with that. I'm glad you brought that up, man. You gave me a nice segue. Um, And I'll, okay, here we go. Um,
0: Second. Here, while you're looking at, while you're looking for that, I'm going to show the. I already um,
1: got, uh, I'm not looking at it, man. It's already, I got four monitors going. No, go ahead. ahead. I've
0: only got three monitors, so you're probably ahead of me. That's. I I was just (laughs) going to show uh, Larry's statement about the. the buses running around the country painted in day-glow. Uh, let's see. So here is, here's that quote here, and it says, and it's Timothy Leary, admitted CIA agent. He says, our undercover agents in Los Angeles were very cool, and yet they were more in a very laid-back way. Uh, let's see, and it's been every bit as public as you know. The, bus, uh, the buses running around the country painted in day-glow. But he's admitting here that their undercover agents were Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters running around the country in buses painted in Daglo, and that's from, uh, uh, geez, that's from the uh, LSD reu- 1979 MKUltra reunion party video, where he straight straight out admits that all of those people were uh, agents.
1: Well, and that was. Um you know, like, I I will play, you know, maybe we'll consult the, consult the I Ching to see if, you know, I can, I can play these clips of them talking about that. But one of the clips I had, you know, ready was, you know, Jerry talking about when they go to small town America, they're bringing, or, you know, they're bringing this chaos, just like the magic bus and the magic buses that, that, um, you know, that were going around the country. And that's, I mean, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's still, it's not like, I mean, you know, it's not like everything has happened and, you know, we're, you know, they've won, so to speak, but, but basically, you know, I mean, they were going around and, you know, it's, you know, look, I mean, you can drink, you're probably not going to die when you drink, you can, you know, but you can take cocaine, you, you know, you may overdose, but you can take LSD and be permanently psychotic. Or else, not know who and what you are, you know, uh, for the rest of your life, and be per- basically you're permanently encoded with this, um, with this, um, you know, you know, with this these forces. Um, and uh, actually, I had my stuff ready. And now I, I lost my, I lost my Zoom, and I'm just looking at PowerPoint. I guess I gotta quit PowerPoint and okay there we go but um but yeah yeah so this um you know you know but think about this right it's it's not you think about oh it's really cool well you know it's like um you know you got the I've seen like the movie a picture of dorian gray which is you
0: know
1: one of the few decent well it's not no it's okay it's okay
0: but well, we went into Oscar Wilde with uh, Steve Jones a week or two ago too, and that whole thing, and that was all part of the Hellfire Club, which was a big satanic cult.
1: Well, but that that idea of you know corrupting because you know Dorian Gray, you know, after he's basically sold his you know soul to Satan or whatever, um, or you know with the, the the picture you know that keeps getting um, you know changed, um, he is he doesn't i mean you you know he's tasted every pleasure you can have you know anything orgiastic whatever and he'll never age never but then he he gets his pleasure from corrupting others right and you you think about you know hollywood right the casting couch um how many people with their dreams of stardom have gone to hollywood um have gone to the music industry um etc you know trying to (laughs) become something and go through all these processes of degradation and and, and corruption and, and and many many are, are are lost and destroyed right and so that's um you know that's an example of this whole um, reversion this reversal of value um, but it's also this is not that tricky of a point but it's like they give the, you know, the kids version of what the satanic elites are doing. So you too can be like, you know, it's like you can be an action hero. Oh, you too can, you two can go and seduce virgins in, your, in college and, and, you know, and whatever. You too can, um, you know, emotionally manipulate women. You too can, um, you, know, uh, you know, take, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you get your own little like junior version of, of what the elites are doing. At the same time, you're still, you're still nothing. You're, you're a sacrifice, and what you're sacrificing is your human essence, the essence of your soul. Well, they, the essence- they design
0: the ritual, and then they get the youth and the uh, unwitting to follow along and, and essentially recreate it, but they're actually the sacrifice when they follow along.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me go ahead and uh, let me share this, uh, this thing here, if I can share it. I'll, I'll go through this pretty quickly, but... That was good. Uh, located this. Let's see if I can do full screen slideshow. Okay, here we go. So yeah, I won't go through the whole thing, but so this magic bus, right? All aboard the magic bus. So the bus, um, you know, it's the bus takes you to school, right? The school bus. Um, and there's so many, um, you know, things. I mean, this, but this is connecting with children, right? Not not adults, right? But but and it's you know it's connecting with your childlike aspect so yeah so so yeah the dry and you get on the bus you're not driving the car um in, in especially one of these buses right so you you know you go to your um you know you get become part of the merry pranksters they're controlling you right you no longer your will is subsumed right and you're and that's kind of what you know the uh psychedelic experience can, can be a lot of times is where, you know, this, these forces from outside of you, and even if they're your own, you know, subconscious projections, you're not in control of them. Right. Which is one of the general uh, factors that helps generate schizophrenia. But, um, and so you have the magic theater of the mind, right? The dream theater. Um, and this, this is like, this ties in with, you know, light and sound experimentation. Um, you know, the, uh, the the radio project yep. you know the, and they the, you know created these rooms these immersion rooms or spaces right um, where it's it's more real than reality
0: right well, that's and, all and that's it, uh, that's uh, Osley's wall of sound that he created for the Grateful Dead as well
1: Yeah, exactly uh, and of course Osley I'm not one of these guys that well you no, know, he's um you know high level tech guy with you know military air force whatever and then suddenly he's manufacturing lsd and building these sound systems Yep. and um he's um and like jerry like you know this guy jerry was had top secret military clearance working with nuclear and nuclear missile silos and then suddenly it just gets a dishonorable discharge give me a break you know what i mean like you know if you're Gonna get a, If you reach that stage where you have top secret clearance and you're, you know, working with nuclear, you know, with the, if you get a dishonorable, you're not going to dishonorable discharge. You're going to get court martial. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, you, you, know, know. you know what I'm saying? But, well, of that's, course, that's-,
0: that's the agenda of the whole or the, the modus operandi of the whole 60s rock and roll culture is everybody is, as we discussed and I and as I discussed in my shows with uh, Dave McGowan. Was all of the major '60s and early '70s rock stars were sons and daughters of intelligence and/or were uh, intel themselves? Yeah,
1: um, I'll, I'll go through this real quick and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, that out. But well, well, use um, what you do. You're creating a narrative, right? And look at this cultural narrative that we're in right now, right? Um, is that and you have the Neil, you look at Neil Young, right? <laughs> Neil Young, oh, I'm so edgy. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm a hero. You know, you know what I mean? He got kicked off Spotify, you guys with Rogan. I won't go to that whole story, but, um, so you're not, you're targeting the audience. The audience is also targeting the consciousness, it's targeting the, the awareness of the world that you inhabit. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It, it's all that. Um, so, um, i'll skip the verbalization technique. So the use of inner narrative, inner dialogues, constructing—it's basically like you know your the thoughts that you think are your own are not your own, right? You're living all these encoded narratives. All you're, you're viewing every, like say a female is looking, every man should be like Cary Grant or or like uh, Hugh Hefner. At least just don't you know that about Hugh Hefner? Don't own a dog. You know about that? No. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so I'll stop sure real quick. Um, so Hugh Hefner, there's a new big um, A&E documentary on Hugh Hefner, but w- well, none of the big revelations is that not only that he um, he basically gathered dirt on a lot of his celebrity guests to quote unquote protect, protect his reputation, but was involved in grooming, underage sex, but also raping dogs he was a a really into bestiality they say towards the end of the last several decades of life he preferred dogs to females and um, one um, of his uh, like one of his long-term partners I don't know he's married but but he she she you know was out she came back and he was you know making making it with her dog wow and and so he was into be you know I mean that's You know, you know. Sorry to be so graphic there, but I mean, he's far more depraved than even we knew. Even though, you know, of course, as the uh, pamphleteer of Kinsey, right? So Hugh Hefner um, is one face of this, right? One face, like the new man, like the Hugh Hefner is like the new man, um, you know, the the Playboy, right? This is a hip, you know, whatever um, thing. But but the guy's totally depraved, and and you know, you can look it up, and I won't go into all the details, but there's even he loved watching. It was various sources talk about he loved one of his favorite genres of cinema was snuff films.
0: Oh, okay, wow.
1: All right, yeah. So I'm sorry. You, hopefully, no one got. I wonder
0: how many of these these murders and missing persons cases are actually snuff films. Good grief! And then you know when we go back and and look at this. uh, this psychedelic thing, the whole thing was about promoting debauchery and iniquity. You know, the whole thing and the public was the the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And uh, you, so you read my uh, article. Uh, what did I call the thing? <laughs> Teonanacatl, or no, Flesh of the Gods, Teonanacatl and the Aztec Mushroom Death Cult. What did you think of that?
1: Well, that's a great, great article, uh, well written and very um, it's it's really, um, you know, it's really central. I'm going back to Apocalypto um, that, you know, kind of inspired me in this a little bit is that it is, um, you know, the. This, you know, ritual human sacrifice, in this case now, the sacrifice of humanity or much a large portion of humanity, um is 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 ongoing i mean it's that you know i don't know enough i i wonder if if you know this um and i you know there's um i've been looking at some interesting sources about satanism even in the eight, you know the seven eight 70th century 18th century 19th century and how developed and advanced you know the satanic church was um and we're not not the church of satan not anton levey but you know real right. The real thing. Well, but, but. you
0: know, and and years ago, I had done shows exposing the whole Salem fakery it was a huge satanic ritual. And uh, uh, Cotton Mather was behind the he was the main guy heading the trials. And then uh, they were doing uh, human uh, inoculation experiments. <clears throat> and his protege was Ben Franklin. And Ben Franklin's brother, James, is who wrote the uh, pro-inoculation propaganda pamphlets, and he's uh, who made the term yellow journalism famous for his propaganda writing. But he's who founded the American version of the Hellfire Club, which we see in a picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde that uh, Steve Jones and I have been exposing so much of lately. But uh, what I want to... Do if just let me segue for a for about a minute or two here. I'm going to read these quotes from the uh, Aztec informants to uh, Friar uh, Bernardo de Sahugan, and these are from the uh, 16th century, early 17th, I forget now. But here I'm going to I'm going to go through these and then I'll pass it back over to you. And this is. Uh, Uh, from Book 10, The People of the Florentine Codex. One of noble lineage is a follower of the exemplary life, a taker of the good examples of others, a seeker, a follower of the exemplary life. The good one of noble lineage is a student teachable, indoctrinated. He follows the exemplary life. He offers, he sets forth the exemplary life. The bad one of noble lineage is a scandalizer, a flatterer, a drinker, besotted drunk. He goes about becoming crazed. He goes about eating datura, stramonium, and mushrooms. He becomes vain, brazen. And if you, you know, ladies and gentlemen, as I read this, just think of this, these quotes in terms of your modern-day hippie and how they are using... This Aztec death cult as a model for MKUltra to promote psychedelics to the youth today. And the the lewd youth is a madman. He goes about drinking crude wine. A drunkard, foolish, dejected, a drunk, a sot. He goes about eating mushrooms. He goes about demented. He is restless, dissolute, shameless, presumptuous, lewd, tattling, wicked, a vile brute, brazen. He is impudent. He consumes his inner substance. He is vain, proud, debauched, a pleasure seeker, a libertine, revolting, filthy, vicious, a keeper of mistresses, a talker. He lives in concubinage. He is driven to pleasure. And then uh, another noble woman is of nobility. She belongs to the order of rulers, comes from the rulership, whether she is legitimate or a bastard child. The good noble woman is one who is bashful, ashamed of evil who does things with timidity, who is embarrassed by evil. She works willingly, voluntarily. The bad noble woman is infamous, very audacious, stern, proud, very stupid, brazen, besotted drunk. She goes about besotted. She goes about demented. She goes about eating mushrooms. And then this one is is my favorite here. The carnal woman is an evil woman who finds pleasure in her body, who sells her body, repeatedly sells her body, an evil young woman or an evil old woman, besotted drunk, very drunk, much besotted, dejected, perverse, a sacrificial victim, a bathed slave, a captive, full of affliction, mortal. She consumes her inner substance, a brazen, a proud, a dissolute woman of debauched life, a fraud, gaudy, fastidious, vain, petty. She is oblivious of all, of what all know her to be, a petty old woman, a free-yielder, of herself, a whore from the brothel, a deflowered one, a lascivious old woman of itching buttocks, an old woman of itching buttocks, an aged woman, a flabby old woman, a filthy one, a filthy old dog who brings herself to ruin like a dog. She parades. She moves about lasciviously. She is pompous. Whoever she seduces, however she sets, or whomever she sets her heart on one, she brings him to ruin. She makes herself beautiful, she arrays herself. She is haughty. She appears like a flower, looks gaudy, arrays herself gaudily. She views herself in a mirror, carries a mirror in her hand. She bathes. bathes, she takes a sweat bath, she washes herself, she anoints herself with axon, constantly anoints herself with axon. She lives like a bay slave, acts like a sacrificial victim. She goes about with her head high, rude, drunk, Shameless, eating mushrooms. She paints her face, variously paints her face. Her face is covered with rouge. Her cheeks are colored. Her teeth are darkened, rubbed with cochineal. Half her hair falls loose. Half is round around her head. She arranges her hair like horns. She goes about haughty, shameless, head high, vain, filthy, given to pleasure. She lives in vice. I mean, if that's not your your typical hippie right there. I don't know what is, right?
1: Well, yeah. And and, um, one thing that jumped out at me was uh, from the first part was he consumes his inner substance, inner essence, right? And that's what that is. And, and, And notice that every single statement is a type of degradation or a type of egoism of vanity, but even the body, even the um, the, you know, the dissolution, right, of you know, you like, uh, that's why picture Doran Gray is, is, I think, is interesting. There's a newer version. It's actually, it's pretty good. It's not, like, amazing, but it's decent. But, you know, as he does all these depraved acts, the picture stays. his outward image is the same, right? It's like the media, right? It's like the spectacle, the spectacular image, the image that's on view but the degradation in this case even the celebration of a dissolute person where their body like you know like the old you know the, the, the you know i mean we've probably seen it um and i, I don't want to bash you know m- either males or females in this in this thing but you're of like the old barfly female i mean it just you know it, it, it there's something it is almost a point where it's not even pitiful anymore it's just <laughs> i mean it's this total, it's celebrating the degradation. Um, and, and so let me, I'll just hit this um, this uh, the PowerPoint. I have like three separate PowerPoints, right? So I got, I got to roll the PowerPoint. Okay. So so this is, so look at this. Um, so so we look at this basic like tripartite template. And this is just, you know, of course, one of many, but decode, encode, engage. So decoding is, in this case, decoding, this is referring to like a type of narrative warfare, information warfare, right? So you're decoding, you are you are taking apart, right, the 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 structure of the society, right? You're taking apart like just saying, well, you're a man if you know, if you you know, if you cheat on your wife, or if you know, you don't have any responsibility, or you know what I mean, or you know, you get drunk and go to football games and you know what i mean like or, or you're just an arrogant piece of shit with no responsibility that's that's a man right look at you know wolf of wall street that's that's an example of decoding encoding is creating a new value system engaging is taking these sort of mind level meta level categories and turning these into new social forms um uh so and then this quote i'll read this van hughes A weaponized narrative is a form of non-kinetic warfare that seeks to undermine an opponent's supporter's identity and will. It is messaging that generates confusion or political and social schisms that are in line with the creator's tactical and strategic aims. It is language that is designed to create specific perception and behavior changes to help one side against the other. Um, You're welcome to chime in there if you want to. But
0: yeah, well, that's uh, exactly what we see going on. And that's yeah, I mean, it's spot on.
1: Yeah. And then so magical mystery tour, you know, get on the bus. And of course, this bus, the what is a bus, the virtual reality bus, right? The the 6G, you know, uh, mind body symbiosis, right? That's the modern version of LSD that, you know, Jerry was talking about in 1992. Um and even earlier. So this was envisioned the magical theater of the mind, Herman Hesse, that's in the 1930s or 40s. And then you have the actual integration of that, or the you know, the, the, the beginning of the developments of that with all these different, you know, sy, uh, you know, photic driving, psych, you know, basically psychotronic, non-invasive psychotronic technology, basically. But um, so the magical mystery tour. So yeah, but that's that's another example, sort of uh, you know, the magical mystery tour, which I watched, and there's some really um screwed up things in that. But this is this is not just us, this is the whole picture, right? We have gotten on the bus. The whole world is almost on the bus. Are you on the bus or off the bus, right? And that's the distinction. Ken Geezey, you know, are you on the bus or off the bus? Well, you're when you're off the bus, it means you're free. When you're on the bus, it means that, you know what I mean? It's yeah, that yeah. you're, you know, but that it's in, see that inversion? They're taking, it's, you,
0: they're taking you away, but they're making it sound like the bus is the freedom when you don't have the freedom because you're being piloted by the bus driver, being taken where he's got you scheduled to uh, take you.
1: But just notice roll up, right? Roll up, so you got to uh, roll up your joint, right? But roll up, it's normally roll out the red, roll out the beer barrels, right? Roll out the beer barrels, we'll have a barrel of fun. Yeah. I, I, I'll i bust out my accordion, I'll do some beer, beer. But roll up, but roll up, you roll up a body in a body bag, right? You roll up, you take it down, you're, you know, So and then coming to take you away, um, and it's taking you away. It's not, so it's you know it's possessing you you're deciding to become possessed and then dying to take you away so in this context right oh i'm dying to see you (coughs) but in this case dying to take you dying to take you away take you today this is yourself as it's encoded in you know the very complex lyrics of you know the ericksonian hypnosis language of um, of John Lennon, right? His lyrics are amazing mind control programming documents. They really are. But this is, you know, you can see it right there, right? And yeah. then, and then of course, and then there is. Look, I am the walrus. Look at these guys. These yeah. friendly, these lovable ragamuffins, right? They, they look, um, you know, these are like the masks worn. Um, and based on my research, right, of the, the, um, you know way you know say, satanism from the 13th 12 13th century on many of the leaders not that you know church sorry i should use the church of satan but you know these occult satanic groups most of them were connected with the catholic church or in that as you see in eyes wide shut right which is a now based on my research is extremely realistic Um, You know, in the Rothschild mansion there, it's very realistic portrayal of what actually goes on in these rituals. But the fact, the reason that the priest, um, the, you know, someone, you know, from the church and these sort of underground um, sects of this, which is quite interesting. I've got a bunch of material on that, but, but anyways, was because the transubstantiation, right? You needed someone who understood, had some power potency in the transubstantiation, right? Communion, you're having a sip of wine. You know, having a sip of wine that's, you know, charged with spiritual meaning is not the same as, you know, taking 20 hits of LSD or whatever and going to an orgy. I mean, there's a big difference there, right? And that's what that, even the I'm going back to E.A. Watson, but I hope you're following me there, but that makes sense is that that um, the, um, what do you call it, the, you know, the process of this so these these are like ritual masks right these are the masks of the demonic entities that you're voluntarily allowing to take you away and it's not fun look at those horns right i mean this is you know these are the you know you know whatever the things and then we go
0: you just reminded me uh you know when back when we were doing the shows on uh oh the princeton radio research project and we did the show on the uh unveiling the whole War of the Worlds thing as, uh, as an OSS operation uh, in the 1930s. But in the building right next to the Mud Library at Princeton, when I was there, you know, doing all that research, they had all of those masts lined up in front of the very next building.
1: Did they really? It,
0: it, in statues. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I wonder if I can find that because, man, that was some weird, weird stuff. And I I saw that and I was flashing back to uh to that film that you just mentioned. Um gonna, Magical Mystery Drawer. No, 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 no. The other one, uh oh, come on. A Kubrick's film.
1: Oh yeah, I eyes wide shut.
0: Eyes wide shut, right. So now you've got me wondering if I can find that uh the photos of that, so I'm gonna to have to dig in my uh, computer. What what year was that? Was that 2015? Um, no, oh, I, I, uh, eyes wide shut. No, that's... no, no. When when I was doing the research, at oh yeah, Princeton, I, I, I mean, I... spending hours on the phone with you every day. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was
1: talking you you when you're at the library, right?
0: Right, yeah. We were yeah, yeah. we were constantly talking, and I was calling you up. Oh my God, I just found this. You know,
1: and the War of the Worlds thing. I mean, that was um. Not to toot our own horns or whatever, but that <laughs> no, no, was go uh, ahead. Go
0: ahead.
1: <laughs> no, that was uh, okay. I used to get a clown horn, but no, no, no. That was important. I mean, this whole these, you know, these in you know, spectacular, spectacular. Not as oh, amazing spectacle, but spectacular as these artificially created events that are interpreted, encoded as reality.
0: I found it.
1: Oh, you did. Okay. I,
0: I found it. Now, let's see if I can uh, get a good. Uh, okay, look at this. All right. So, this building right behind, I spent the Brown building there, I spent like, I don't know, three weeks in there probably doing research. That's where I found all the documents in the Princeton. Radio Research Project now, uh, and on, on Wasson and the CFR archives. Now, uh, these are the headmass that you see in all of these uh, rituals going across here. All these statue heads you got a pig, a dog, a rooster, a monkey, a ram, a horse. Can't tell what that one is. You got a dragon head, a rabbit, a cat, uh, a, a a bull, and uh, something else there. But I'm looking at this, and I'm standing there at Princeton, going, "What the hell?" You know.
1: It, well, there's a hole. I mean, and that's um, you know, there's that those classic pictures of the you know the, like the Rothschild mansion, you know party. You know what I mean? That's like from the 70s, I think. But that, um, like I said, based on my um, research into how advanced and how many different things were already going on, you know, by, you know, like Finn de Siegel, you know, Finn de Siegel, they say end of the century, you know, Gustav Klimt, you know, that that painter, I if I could show an image of him. But, but all this stuff that was going on, but that mask wearing um, was so central um to that and i'll let me j- i'll just hit this so i don't not finish it so um so this um it, 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 if you could bring up some images that'd be, be amazing but that's that's so interesting that's at the princeton library because i don't think
0: we even caught on that at the time well but it just, you know yeah you know i i did it did click in my head because of eyes wide shut and you know earl uh, lee just asked how many statues were there there are 12 there But, you know, it's all I could think about, you know, and that's probably significant astrologically as well. But uh, when I saw that, I was just like, you know, wow, these are some really crazy, bizarre statues that match up with what you see, you know, in Wicker Man and Eyes Wide Shut and all of these rituals that they put on these masks like, like the Beatles you just showed.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and um, so there's I won't get into, there's a numerology in that picture right there. So some other you know pictures, you know the Eggman, um and then look you know John's got his horns. you know little heart and, and in fact in that scene he there's a little girl on the bus he's like talking to her in it's, yeah. it's gonna kind of slightly inappropriate way um but you know the Eggman right Goo 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 by by the wallers, anyways um so hygiene mental hygiene right this is part of the kurt lewin right hey i that's i didn't pronounce, mispronounce it but this psychological topology um and this idea of the you know, you and Cameron mentioned all the time, is those books are now, um, you know, erased. Good luck finding them unless you want to spend thousands of dollars. But talking about the contagion of psychosis, the contagion of insanity, insanity is being mass, a mass contagion and music is being a way of doing that. So Thomas Colson, a UN guy, uh, without hygiene of the mind, every social system of among men and women would break to pieces. What is hygiene of the mind? So notice this mental hygiene that connects with the United Nations, this ties into Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, um, on and on um, ties into communitarians, communitarianism. Um, but Gustav Le Bon, who, you know, we had the last thing we talked about was the um, mass uh, generation, you know, mass uh, whatever, psychology in the, yeah, of the
0: masses or whatever. I have the book but, on the table in the other room.
1: Yeah, but, but the thing is, Gustav Laban again that that psych, crowd psychology, and this the, the knowledge of the uh, the endocrine system and all this stuff on the basis of the mind was well known, and was basically suppressed. In fact, you know, Freud even wrote about this. But then it goes into this narrative, this verbal narrative structure. But this quote, um, Gustav Laban the slave of all unconscious activity of his spinal cord, which is hypnotizer directs at will. So your spinal cord, right? This is not just, you know, that thing, decode, encode, engage. It's not just a narrative, right? It's not just situational, but this is being imprinted on your nervous system, on your body, on your spinal cord. You know I mean? This is the, you know, He consumes his own essence, right? The masturbator consumes his own essence. But also, you consume your own essence, your body, your mind, these things that are not normally, you know, unless you're like a, you know, a martial arts master or some, you know, enlightened saint, you can't access these parts of your body or direct them or your, you know, your mind. But anyways, his spinal cord, this is known about 1890s, 1850s. The hypnotizer directs it will the conscious personality is entirely banished will and discernment are lost so that and that's the serpent right that's a quesicado that's the spine is also the serpent right the serpent power is the spine the spine is a serpent inside the man and of course you have the reptilian brain right it Is the head of the serpent you know um, and then uh, uh, and then last thing I'm you know, talking about spectacular so when I use that word spectacular. I'm talking about, you know, the simulacrum, simulacrum, simulacrum is a copy without an original, right? right. It's a, it, it's a, you know, so people know the word simulacrum, but it's a very important word to understand because they, we they are. They bring that
0: about in, uh, in uh, the Matrix, you know, when he goes to follow, he's reading the book in the, the girl with the tattoo of the rabbit and he, you know, follows the, the rabbit out. That's all about the simulacrum.
1: Yeah, and it's a copy of that original. It is. It is a. It is a an artificial. It's a representation of something that doesn't exist, but yet it's taken that representation, is you know takes on a reality, right? So, anyways, so uh, Gita Board, um the the spectacle is not a collection of images, rather it is social relationship between people that is mediated by images. So not only images though. Right. It's this artificial reality, this artificial consciousness, like the show title, Artificial Gnosis. Um, And so the quote unquote thought leaders, right? The thought leaders are all, you know, Elon Musk. They're all in the, you you know, all the people out in Silicon Valley going to Burning Man, you know. So our thought leaders, you know, the head of the snake, they're all into this. They're directing the larger body of society in a certain way. And people want to be like them. So, you know, you consume psychedelics or you, you know what I mean? You you lose yourself in this virtualized world. Um, So anyways, but so one of the, one of the things though, the whole like communist thing is that destroy the bourgeoisie idea of happiness, destroy congruent social structures, you know, just real life. And then you don't, you know what I mean? You don't have to go to a you know huge concert and be blasted by super loud sound and take 50 drugs, you know, just to feel something, a little, a, you know, a little sensation, you know, a little charge. Okay.
0: That's my rant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm running. Well, <laughs> you and I were discussing last week the connection that, we were beginning to notice with all of the uh, Greek gods as well tied to all of these rituals. You know. Uh, yeah, you want to go into that, yon?
1: Um, it, that's it's really.
0: Well, it's like uh, you know, Wasson, Karl Ruck, and Albert Hoffman wrote uh, the book uh, *Persephone's Quest*, for instance. But uh, here, let me pull up the database here, and let's go into the into the Titans here. And, uh, let's see, we had the Titans, the first level, and then the second level, but, uh, uh, let's see here. So, uh, goodness, where were we? I Uh, had
1: What's that? Uh, Greek Greek gods.
0: Yep. Well, uh, yeah. And, uh, okay, so here's Kronos, and then, uh, Kronos is the the uh son of Gaia, and his father was Uranus. But okay, so Kronos is also father time, but he's also the eater of his own children. And then Gaia, she's interesting too, because Gaia is part of this, you know, and we hear we hear this whole thing out there about you know the Gaia earth lovers and all of that well the, the history behind that is Gaia wants to destroy the world's population and, and repopulate the earth and uh, her mother is Pyra which is fire and also repopulating the earth and Pyra the color of fire that ties into again Burning Man and uh, we go into Pandora, Pandora's box, and you know that whole thing. Well, in my opinion, what is Pandora's box but probably Black Rock or the Black Stone, the Kaaba Stone, etc., and all of yep. these in all of these uh, rituals. So we go to Burning Man, and we have you know all these Intel people at Burning Man, but it's held at Black Rock Desert Gunnery Range. And uh so we have Black Rock at at the you know the Kaaba. And uh let me see here. Part of Well how about
1: um you know, Jana I do have to, I'm about to sneeze here, I'll have to use a head, but I'll, let me just show you share this real quick. So this is that um I have the Kronos, actual book. Yeah. Well, but that, well it it came up. I have a I have the book of Goya paintings. I'm not gonna run up and get the book, but that's it says Saturn devours his young. Well, that Saturn and Cronus. But look at the eyes, right? Look at those eyes. And then, if you notice the, um, you know, these those eyes like we have in the the, the, the child sacrifice. Um, you know, the the archaeological um, you know excavation of the child sacrifice victim, but. Okay, so that's that's just a classic painting. Of course, Goya was a great painter, but this painting for a master artist like this to do this painting, you know, it, you know, you, you know, I mean, this was a master. If anyone doesn't know who Goya was, he's not a you know a modern painter. You know, he was one of the still one of the great painters of all time. But this painting, it's extremely, um, you know, powerful. But good.
0: That's all right. If you need to go hit the head real quick, I'll talk about this while you go do that. Okay. All right. So uh anyway, going back to the uh Greek gods here. Let me uh get back to uh, Ga- uh Gaia and then we have the Titans. But uh Gaia, where did it go here? So we have Zeus now Carl Rock wrote a book uh, Apples of Apollo, okay? Here's Dionysus Bacchus and and that's constantly tied into the the whole uh, uh, psychedelic scene, Bacnalia, all of that stuff. Uh, We have Aphrodite, the goddess of love, Venus. uh, And so if you look at a lot of these rituals, they're based on Aphrodite or Venus, and it's passion, pleasure, uh, beauty, love, lust, just like we were looking at in the uh, in the uh, Aztec uh, Florentine Codex a bit ago, and then uh, Aphrodite backwards is Etipodorpha. Now this guy, uh, this was a book, and it's called Etipodorpha or The End of the Earth by John Eury Lloyd, and he writes in that book, if in the course of experimentation a chemist should strike upon a compound that traces that in traces would uh, only would subject his mind and drive his pen to record such seemingly extravagant ideas as are found in the hallucinations herein pictured, would it not be his duty to bury the discovery from others, to cover from mankind the existence of such a noxious fruit of the chemist's or pharma- uh, pharmacist's art, introduce such an intoxicant, and start it to ferment in humanity's blood and before the world were advised of its potential or possible results, might not the ever-increasing potency gain such headway as to destroy or debase our civilization and even to exterminate mankind? So, again, Atypodorpha is Aphrodite backwards. Now, here again, we're seeing this whole theme about destroying humanity. Now, this guy, John Urie Lloyd, that wrote that book, he had a kind of a cult following where they, you know, there's even like a museum and stuff dedicated after him. But it was this huge, like, occult scene uh, surrounding Aphrodite uh, or Venus. But these, all of these things, you know, we have Persephone's quest, we have Hermes and the Hermetic Orders and this kind of stuff right here. And then we have uh, Perseus, Prometheus, well, who wrote the book on uh, Prometheus but Robert Anton Wilson or uh, Ra, right? So right in the names of all of the Greek gods, we we have a pattern of what this oh bless you. we have a Sorry. pattern of what this uh, you know CIA psychedelic agenda is about and a lot of it seems to be destroy, destroying the youth of the world and repopulating the world in whatever they want of their image. But apparently these people think that they're gods. And we had also exposed years ago uh, in my article uh, in Theogen's What's in a Name, we had exposed how, oh, that, that pedophile, uh, Alan uh, Ginsberg, was uh, uh, writing a a poem. So this is from Jay Stevens, uh, his book, Storming Heaven. Uh, From there, Jack Kerouac's uh, Gary Snyder's and Allen Ginsberg days uh, with William Burroughs, they knew that one of the quickest ways to disrupt the rational mind was with drugs, but not all drugs. Marijuana worked fairly well. But an even better disruptor was peyote and its synthetic cousin, mescaline. LSD didn't enter the beat scene until the end of the 50s. But when it did, it quickly became the tool of to- choice to achieve that ancient heavenly connection, which is weird spin here because he just said it was all about disrupting the rational mind. Ginsburg took some notes. Uh, uh, sorry. Ginsburg took some peyote in the fall of 1955. Looked out his window, and he, Ginsburg, had a vision of Moloch, the biblical idol whose worship was distinguished by the burning of children. Moloch was America, Ginsburg flashed, and he began writing a poem about this intuition.
1: Howl, right? Yep. You know, Howl. and I'm the proud owner of one of uh, Allen Ginsburg's last books of poetry, which is called White Stains. I wonder what that's about.
0: Jeez. No, I, you know, I, I, I have a more disgusting book uh, from him and uh, <laughs> William Burroughs called The Yage Letters. Did I ever tell you about that book? Oh, I've had, dude, I've had
1: that book for years, man. It's I got
0: absolutely that. disgusting. So William Burroughs is reporting to Allen Ginsberg, and it's all these reports that are going back to the CIA. Ginsberg was apparently Burroughs' handler. But he's traveling around Peru looking for Yage or ayahuasca and that's that's the cover story but the real story is that he's going around Peru diddling little kids and he murders one of the kids
1: yeah yeah and that's
0: um well it, it just
1: uh, you know my you know my experience my initiation not initiation not in that stuff but just I had a class in high school man on I mean this, this teacher was pushing sophomore in high school was pushing LSD talking about that he brought up Ginsburg he you know and I got into that stuff I, I got all these I, that's why I have copies of all these books I got some of that stuff when I was like 10th grade whatever I thought, oh these guys are you know these are the You know, this is a freedom from this system. You know what I mean? Like this thing, this world doesn't seem right. Well, this is how we're going to get out of it. And that's how it's pushed. Um, But that, um, yeah, I mean, like Ginsburg, um, you know, and and, well, Burroughs, but Burroughs has a lot of really, really interesting, um, very, I think, important, uh, you know, stuff that he throws into some of his books. One of them being, you know, this idea, you know, um, you know, talked about like the earworm, but like the uh, like the pop songs and how the pop songs are actually the secret weapon of formulating, manipulating all of society. And his books, of course, are supposedly cut up, but there's still a coherent narrative. Don't tell me this is cut up. That's BS, right? But his book, so, um, and I guess, you know, when I first looked at that stuff, I didn't notice it, but I went back. A lot of it's just really, I mean, there's some interesting stuff and some great, sort of revelations in there but i mean uh there's just a lot of really graphic really disgusting you know perverse uh types of uh sexual descriptions and you know and then of course burroughs shot his wife accidentally right drunk and gave a window
0: right yeah (laughs) he he was already a murderer like you know i don't know that i buy the whole uh accidental thing do you I mean, he was yeah, shooting well, an apple off of her head, or some nonsense. I forget. Yeah, that. William Tell. No, but the, the whole, um, the whole beat
1: scene. You know, um, you know, J- Jack Kerouac was kind of like the all-American boy. that kind of got, they roped him into it, right? And um, Kerouac, you know, talked about this. That you know, said Allen Ginsberg gave him some kind of mushroom or whatever. He said he never felt. He said I, I never was right in my head since. You know, of course, they, you know, there's a. Uh, you know you can watch the, the uh, you know it's well, one hilarious thing is on um what's his name uh, the firing line um the the conservative guy uh, William F Buckley Alan Ginsburg coming on there but but Kerouac comes on there when I think he was probably in his late forties he just this huge went from you know this god of literature this he just bloated blob you know drunk. Um, but, you know, he said, you know, Ginsberg gave him this drug. This it was some kind of mescaline, you know, semi-synthetic mescaline mushroom thing. He said never felt
0: the same again. Um, and, and that's... There's apparently um, a whiskey glass he shot off the head. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But, um,
1: but the, well, the beat generation was, you know, obviously, I mean, we're living, I mean, the contemporary morality um, of our society you know because of you know white privilege it's just white privilege it's just screwing everything yeah it,
0: but, it has nothing to do with uh, all of this stuff right yeah
1: hey man i got privilege pay me not kidding but uh no no but that you know, of course the um i i you know because there's some topics i talked about so that's why i wanted to just you know, give you make you give you a little bit of stress that he's gonna he's gonna say something inappropriate. But <laughs> but but it's appropriate to say, oh, let's kill all the white people. That's appropriate. You can say all white men should be killed. That's fine. Yeah you're not gonna get it, banned for saying that. Uh, yeah,
0: if you say anything else though, it's uh, not appropriate though. Here's uh, William Burroughs on the screen here, Yage letters down here. Part of the beatniks under Michael Hollings head apparently was MI6 and CIA. Another worshiper of uh, Hassani Sabah, we haven't brought him up for a little bit, Uh, new Albert Hoffman, uh, regular friend of Allen Ginsberg. You know, they also hung out with uh, Joyce Glassman. If uh, those of you who don't know who that is, that's Daniel Pinchbeck's mother. So Daniel Pinchbeck grew up with uh, these these two uh, pedophiles at his house. That's the author of... uh, Uh oh! Shoot, breaking open the head and all these nonsense books he promoted the whole 2012 end of the world stuff. But uh, you know that he took from CIA agent Michael Coe. And if you want to know about, I don't know if they edited his his Wikipedia page, but you could find it that he was CIA right at the top of uh, his Wikipedia entry. I wonder if they took it down here, but uh, it was here somewhere. Uh, Yeah, it looks like they may have taken it down. I'll have to read it more closely. But, yeah, it used to say right on here that he was a CIA agent, and I called him out for it. He probably had him take it down. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's all tied to this, you know, these same uh, people. And Joyce Johnson was one of the early uh, feminists and uh, hanging out with Gloria Steinem. Of course, Gloria Steinem was funded and promoted by the CIA, apparently a Hugh Hefner bunny by the photo there. I might quote Miss Gloria Steinem, one of those so assisted who commented that the CIA wanted to do what we wanted to do, present a healthy, diverse view of the United States. I never felt I was being dictated to at all. DCI, or Director of Central Intelligence, William Colby, quoting Gloria Steinem, and that's directly off of the CIA's own website, but um, you know, so they are th- th- a big part of the goal of all of this was to prove to the CIA or to the Soviet Union how free the United States was by promoting all manner of iniquities, psychedelics, modern arts, Duchamp signing, urinals, the whole thing. Uh, You know the counterculture, Leary. You get all of these socialists and communists to prove how free the West is and how much better the West is than the Soviet Union, even though the CIA had all these leftist, socialist, communist, Marxists in their uh, employ.
1: Well, and that's you know, and I,
0: I had, you know, well, well, maybe for
1: another time, but you know, this whole. the avant-garde you know um you know classical music you know we have 12 tone stuff you got schoenberg you have you know the 12 tone um the breakdown of harmony um you have you know you, you basically create you create a music that's just it is psychologically physiologically neurologically spiritually emotionally incredibly unpleasant and disturbing and potentially damaging and then with the 12 tone it's all mechanistic it's all based on just like your hexadecimal code for your your bio you know bluetooth marker right the you know, reference there people but i mean that that music um, you know you, you know that was supported that was funded by the cia so cia was funding jackson pollock you know to go get drunk and you know throw paint on a canvas yep. You know, and i, I try you know, and I have, there's a couple of my paintings, well, you can't see them, but they're dark, but I have a couple of paintings, I, you know, they're for sale, I, I don't think I've ever, I have not, I had this guy at gallery, art gallery, stole like a bunch of my paintings, literally, it was like something like out of a movie, and the guy turns out to be some mafia dude, and I never got him back, but I, I you know, hopefully I'll paint again, because I enjoy doing it, but it's hard, right, real painting, and for, I mean, it is an art, you know what jackson balk was doing is like give me a give me a effing break i'm sorry i'm not going to swear it's curse you know i should get like a little clown horn to, but seriously but that was promoted at the same time you have this extremely esoteric disturbing highly dissonant right there is no and it's almost non-human right you have these these um melodic you know they're just randomly chosen number streams of sets of pitches and you have to compose everything on that um this was that's the only way you could get a job in a university that's the only funding you could get for a new orchestral score was if you were if you were writing atonal music or you know experimental whatever you know um and that's on like sort of the high level novel of culture, and the other side, like you mentioned, Marcel Duchamp and the whole Dada, and all this and that. You know, you have this thousands of years of European art tradition reaching a, a, a really a level of absolute mastery and beauty. That's all these artists end up starving to death because they can't sell their paintings, and some dude, you know, who's just scrawling some stick figures or pissing in a jar and selling it for, you know, a million dollars or whatever that, you know, that's where the galleries are buying that. And we have that level of skill. It's like, you know, if you're writing, if you know, you're a Beethoven level musician and in order to get work, you have to like write like, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, sex pistols or, you know what I mean? Or even worse than that song. Can you imagine Beethoven, right? You know, trying to, he could, he's not possible. Um, (laughs) but um but no but the, the beat thing is very important because that's the, the beat generation this is the you know i mean all of these decisions you know all you know that going back to that little quote i had that little slide all these decisions have generated you know this this world that we um that we live in but i just want to just some of these pictures of um see if this is going
0: to come up just really quickly i want to mention uh and years ago i did a, a show on uh modern art and the cia but i recommend uh people watching this documentary hidden hands a different history of modernism art and the cia so uh check that out and it's on planet janet's uh channel but um Definitely want to check this out. It confirms everything that I exposed about modern art on the show nearly a decade ago. There you go. The uh, what's his name? Um, Bosch. Bosch. Her- Bosch her- yeah. Hieronymus her-
1: Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. Bosch. Yeah. So he's you know he has some of the most you know freaked out imagery, but you know the thing is you know his modern bio is oh no one knows anything about his life. No, he was an initiate in you know uh, several um, of these you know occult uh mystery schools and this and that but you could see like look at these hybrid you know these are chimeric creatures right these are these are trans um what do you call trans special um you see these like beings right this yep. is a. so look at that and then we'll just look at a few of the well a few of these other pictures here um and i just um uh, but you know a lot of this information is, is going being uh disappeared so some of the stuff i have the actual one but we can yep. let me just can we see i mean this is like i mean this is in the you know 15th century man i mean this is that, really this is, this
0: is the world that uh, uh professor carl ruck is really big into promoting here
1: i mean can you you just start looking at all of these you know images yeah I um, mean this is the this is your psychedelic paradise right here here's your psychedelic paradise welcome that's your utopia yep here's your utopia um So it's going to slide over. Um, We see some of these, you know, like like that. Look, this is, here's your virtual reality bubble, right? I mean, you know, and then there's, it's kind of hard to see. There's all these like weird, you know, demonoid transhuman creatures. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, what I'm trying to say is like this, you know, this process, you know, you talk, we go to the Mayan stuff. This is all there. It has, um, it has been there know for you know for a long time it's just like it's actually you know coming you know we're witnessing it coming to fruition where we can't just be called you know whacked out conspiracy theorists because i mean so it's just a one can you you imagine
0: like when you and i started our shows together 13 years ago you know we couldn't even predict this level in that time
1: no but I, i you know so i'll i'll stop this but there's all kinds of stuff it's it's really interesting to worthwhile to check this out
0: um uh, you know what's funny is i almost brought up that painting uh about 30 minutes ago in the show and then you brought okay. it up so we're on the same <laughs> path there
1: and, and you know just um going back to the greek gods or well this is isis so this is um this is um you know, a quote um you know from a book and there's like the 1700 whatever written about isis but the quote is and it see how similar it is to the the the, the mayan ritual a little bit so these acts or gestures that accompany the incantations constitute the rite of isis okay so these acts or gestures that accompany the incantations constitute the rite of isis in these dances the beating of drums and the rhythm of music and repetitive movements were helped by hallucinatory substances like hashish or mezcal. These were consumed as adjuvants to create the trance and the hallucinations that were taken to be the visitation of the god. The drugs were sacred and their knowledge was limited to the initiated, possibly because they had the illusion of satisfied desire and allowed the inmost, innermost feelings to escape. These rites acquired, during their execution, a frenzied character that is conspicuous in certain spells. So, and this is a spell from the worship or rite of Isis, okay? So we have the, uh, but, so you listen to this. Retreat. Ray is piercing thy head, slashing thy face, dividing thy head, crushing it in his hands. Thy bones are shattered. Thy limbs are cut to pieces. Does that not sound remarkably similar? Um, but that's ISIS, right? Not not the uh, the uh, CIA, you know, um, uh, you know, video video, you know, guys, you know, with the doing their like really shoddy fake um, terrorist uh, videos. But you know, the actual, you know, ISIS. But so that's you know, ISIS. I mean, it's here we go. I mean, they bring this stuff up and. How about this, real quick? Remember the monolith that just showed up, right, in Utah? Remember that? No. A few months ago. Yeah. So there were all of the. Well, no, I think maybe it was just maybe just one, but there was a a big like 2001 monolith, mysteriously showed up in some remote region, I believe, in Utah, and then it just disappeared from the media. But that was this is this shows the whole timeline that all this stuff is on too. Um, it, you know, it, it, and, it, you know, so the, basically the, um, the, um, uh, so the, yeah, that monolith in Utah, I, 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 I believe, I'm pretty sure it's Utah, right? Utah. Um, it was just, um, a few months ago. It was just a weird thing.
0: I'm trying to pull it up, but my computer's got too much stuff going on here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the Utah monolith, um, so no, no, the, no shit. Is it gone? The, there was, um. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the Utah monolith was discovered in a remote area of Utah. Um, um, the metal object is believed to be between ten and twelve feet uh, high. Reports suggest the object is not was not officially dropped there. How did officials find it? A Utah Department of Public Safety helicopter was helping the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources count bighorn sheep. Notice bighorn sheep. You know what I mean? Almost like the goat. So that's (laughs) top of it. And then, and then they find, yeah, no, but then they find this right in your
0: face though.
1: But in this total remote, like desert region, there's this, you know, which must have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not even pushing a million to install this giant art exhibition, which was never meant to be seen. Right. Right. <laughs> the monolith and, and, and i and i believe that yeah there were like this showed up in a few other places and then the media store just scrubbed boom it's just gone but see this is from um none of this happened
0: i guess you wanna, was... you, why don't you share a screen i can't my my browser's oh, sure, right sure, sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I, but there was a um i remember there being different see there you go here's the what is it called the um not the jericho effect what is it called the the effect where things like change on the internet. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the Mandela effect. Yeah.
1: So I remember this thing being black. Um, and, and I also remember it being later. But anyways, of course, you know, this stuff is scrubbed, so it's very really easy to do this. So here's Utah Monolith.
0: Oh, I see it now. Yeah. So, so it disappeared, huh?
1: Well, the story disappeared. Um, remote area of Utah. Um, and there's a, there were pictures of it that were you know, that were looked, or I remember seeing that were black or whatever, like the 2001. But this is in the middle of nowhere and they put this up in the middle of nowhere, like in something only, you know, tracing bighorn sheep and then they found this monolith. And so what is it, what are the dates on this? So November 24th, 2020. Okay, so that's, yeah. I'm, I'm being dated, but then, you know, I searched and there was actually, this happened to look in Romania and a couple other places, these monoliths showed up um and and then they're just and you know you what i mean it disappeared you get a media story and then boom it's just gone right but okay you see that that first picture looks kind of
0: yeah. I i just showed one i found one image i had to pull up a different browser to get it to go let me stop sure um
1: but what i'm saying is that the stuff like that story the monolith the black stone saturn chronos you know and,
0: and we haven't talked about uh Kubrick for an hour, hour and 15. Go ahead, Go for it. Well, you know, well going back to the whole, uh, uh, 2001, uh, space odyssey film, it starts off with the monolith, you know, and the, and the, uh, apes. So not even intentionally bringing the whole sh- show full circle.
1: Well, notice the apes dancing around and well, let me just show this, um, uh, just reshare this real quick um that notice so this like twitter feed right do not the the utah workers that found that don't they look kind of like apes a little bit you know they're green their monkey suits on you know what i mean it's like they look like you know what i mean So, so it's you know it's so that it's all
0: there um And that that had to be staged even because they're surveying bighorn sheep. Come on.
1: Yeah. The the helicopters and it's literally like in, you know, it's like, you can't get to this region. No, you cannot, there's no roads, you know, it's just a desert and they're, yeah, they're, they're following bighorn sheep, you know? And then, you know, so, I mean, again, part of that, you know, there's the revelation of the method, but the, um, well, anyways, what do you think about that ISIS quote? Right? Isn't that interesting? Like ISIS, like, and they have the hallucinogens, hallucinatories. But then the prayers, right? Ray is piercing, Mara, uh, piercing thy head, slashing thy face, dividing thy thy head, crushing it in his hands. Thy bones are shattered. Thy thy limbs are cut to pieces. Um. And um. I won't go. I have, I have a, a Dorno thing. I won't, I won't read that. But um.
0: so Prescott says. Wikipedia says over two hundred of these monoliths were created by artists after it was discovered. Sounds like a ritual. Yeah, it does. Probably was.
1: Yeah. Well, so it became, you know, a fad, and you know, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, it just, it just, like popped in my head. You know, my crushed head after you know reading the ISIS prayer. You know, that seems like, you know, what is it, you know, uh, blow my mind, blow my mind. that blows my mind. You want to blow your mind. Is it okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. Steal your face off your head. You know, your head, what does that mean? Well, you steals your face, your identity, yourself, and then your head is just your, your, you know, your experiential intoxication space without any discipline, you know, and and you become like a worm you know like you become these well you know that the, the mayan quote you know whether your hair is falling out and you know that the 70 year old woman is shaking her her stuff you know and i mean what, what a pitiful well i mean it's not even pitiful it's just oh
0: that's what it is. well it's yeah i mean it's all uh black ritual magic and the thing is is it plays on people's unawareness of it going on you know and they get pulled into it like the whole rock music scene that you and I shoot when was that series 2014 we did that <coughs> something like that long time ago man music mind control and psychobiology wasn't that, that like was- was that 2014 or 15? It was like seven, eight years ago we did that series. Yeah. Can you believe that? Well, the funny thing is, John, is it like, okay, one thing, man, I am pissed at you about this. What's that?
1: You, you told me it's like, dude, Bitcoin. It's like, don't buy a Bitcoin. It went up to like 500 oh, bucks no, a coin. I never
0: said don't
1: buy. <laughs> no, no, you said, oh, it did, no, because it, it was like real. T- I'm just kidding, but no, that was. And remember, you had another guest. You're like, hey, dude, can, can you do the? Because we hadn't you know, talked occasionally after we did that first show, and then you're like, hey, I had a guest cancel. Do you want to do this topic, right? Yeah. Remember well, that?
0: Yeah, it, well, that's right. And it was, <laughs> uh, Jason was a, one of the two Martin knew, the brothers or cousins, and one of them was the pianist, and I had wanted to do a music mind control episode because I started seeing music being tied into all this mind control MK culture stuff. And then, for whatever reason, I don't remember exactly. Uh, he backed out of doing the show. Maybe, uh, maybe realized that you know I wanted to expose the agenda, and he didn't want it exposed. But I had had him on regarding the uh, his quadrivium uh, book on the music aspect of the quadrivium, and uh, so he backs out, and then I was just like. Oh, well, so I contacted you, and you and I hadn't spoken in a while, and you said, well, let me give it some thought, and you weren't sure at at first, you know. And then you gave it some thought, and you said, yeah, you know, I think you're right. But you had, you know, a Ph.D. in ethnomusicology to back it up. So, you know, here we are. You were just about to get your Ph.D. back then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I started before I graduated, Okay. But, uh, uh yeah
1: no no well that was that you know i have to say is it like that you know to be able the, the you know to be able to research and i i try to you know the you know i, I like to draw in a lot of levels i mean that's kind of like one thing i didn't mean like I got a is looking at not just one specific mode but trying to see all these interconnections and that um but just also just looking at the thing uh and and you know i, I know i had you know i knew you know for a long time like I, I didn't like rock music you know i was like either a jazz purist i got an indian classical music so and i but i didn't really think about it that much I, you know i just knew that like i don't really like these environments like i remember you know in goa there was like a whole forest it was like just turned into a huge rave and this is before i knew any of that stuff and you know i I mean any of the the research stuff but i was just there and i'm like this i could it's that mechanistic beat and i could just feel what it was doing to the people i knew i didn't want to be in that environment i knew it was affecting me in a way that i didn't like um we just viscerally you know what i mean and i could you know but just taking that topic um and you see where it leads you man i can understand why you wouldn't you know what i mean if you know more about it why you wouldn't want to that topic because it goes into everything it connects and goes and goes and goes and it's actually it's foundational um because you know the you know the music you know as that you know that invisible right that social glue these things that you know i mean you can just you know imagine you you go out and suddenly like no one can understand what you're saying right or else The um, sort of your LSD-induced schizophrenic break where every object around you doesn't. You see all these objects, but they're all floating. They're all completely separate from each other. There's no congruency. Or you don't know, like, I'm holding this up. What is this? What is that? Oh, hey. I'm going to get a product placement. All right.
0: Well, (laughs) that looks like a a Q-tip. No, but you know what I'm I'm saying? It's obviously
1: an ink pen. Well, it's a planet, it's from the gym that oh, I don't okay. go, to. That you so don't there go my... to. I was supposed to go today, but I didn't go, but yeah. I will. But, but uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all of this is selling of uh, anti-reality, reality doesn't exist, primacy of consciousness, everything is just a projection, and uh, it obviously goes back way before Aldous Huxley's Doors of Perception, but he was obviously a big promoter of it, and... Uh, you know and they probably all worship Hassani Sabah because of his contributions and Emanuel Swedenborg and then Timothy Leary all of these guys they all promote this stuff but you know there there is an element of psychopaths that use it as a method of control if that makes sense um, you know because th- they seem to tell their prey that reality isn't real and everything is just a projection of your own mind so that uh, you, so so that you think that there aren't actually predators out there with their own agency
1: or you um So of course, all of these things, right? There's always some basis, like in truth. So even like the perennial philosophy, or Alan Watts, right? He's like, okay, well you're, you know, you you are, you know, you are one with the divine. You're this. There are levels where that actually happens. There are, you know, there are states or you know positions, stages, right, that can be reached. Um, But these are these are, you know, things that that, you know, it, it it. It's very dangerous um, and it's unnecessary to dispute the reality of the external physical environment. In fact, the grounding of yourself and your body, you know, your body is grounded here in this physical world. It's one of, for me, um, you know, using that, you know, Hurstwell, the... A german uh, phenomenologist philosopher it's called you know f- a phenomenological uh, reduction which i mentioned but it's like they're called the bracketing of experience where you take one type of perception and you just focus on that you kind of cut everything else out not pretending it's not there but see how is this image actually occurring in my mind or how is it occurring in my ocular nerve it's just clarifying what, being very precise very clear with your experience you know and, you know, as opposed to deranging your experience. Um, well, and that's yeah. um, one of, you know, the sort of the love childs um, of this thing. Oh, by the way, Hieronymus Her- Bosch died at age 66. Mr. You know, yeah. So,
0: so. Oh, now I just forgot what I. Oh, uh, so going back to Alan Watts. And he, of course, was part of the CIA's MKUltra program. We can find him and the letters. I didn't know that. We can, yeah, we can find him in the letters of Aldus yeah, oh. Huxley, where Aldous Huxley oh, wow. was uh, recruiting him. But uh, if we go to uh, Alan Watts in the database, he helped uh, create the Summer of Love at the uh, Houseboat <laughs> Summit, where uh, you know he had uh, Allen Ginsberg and Leary and. Ram Dass and all of these guys there to uh, plan the Summer of Love. But he took this whole double bind um, thing from CIA co-founder Gregory Bateson to essentially, essentially cause or to create schismogenesis, to create uh, schizophrenia in the people who followed their line of meditation, which was Also, you know, not only denying reality, but it was designed to cause a a psychotic break in the person practicing it. But, uh, you know, that was something that Gregory Bateson, one of the key people behind MK Ultra and again, a founder of the CIA, he was he was uh, who created native revivalism. And he was behind cybernetics and uh, the Macy Foundation conferences and all of this stuff. But they created that double bind and then they had Alan Watts go and promote it to the public. Now, interestingly, uh, Alan Watts was behind the creation of the Pacifica Foundation, which is the big promoter of, uh, you know, uh, communist leftism in the United States. The, you know, KPFA, KPFT, KPFB uh, in Berkeley, etc. But But... Uh, Yes, yeah, so I have a quote here somewhere right here. This is from the letters of Aldous Huxley, October 17, 1952. In regard to research, I think we should make it quite clear that there is no intention of undertaking any microphysiological investigations of the nerves, electric potentials, et cetera, and that we are interested in a in, and that what we are interested in is the molar phenomena of the human organism as a whole. Now, why would Aldous Huxley, the key architect of the CIA's MKUltra program, be writing to Alan Watts uh, what kind of research that they are interested in doing when Alan Watts is the hippie LSD philosopher? Unless he's not really just the Hippy lsd philosopher you know uh, alan watts was a big theosophist he was at the millbrook mansion with cia agent timothy leary part of the hollyhock institute uh, heavily influenced again by aldous huxley and uh, you know uh, influenced uh, guys like uh, R- richard alpert or dick ramdas etc and he was uh, part of tim leary's uh, an In international federation of internal freedom, uh, group. So, you know, but he was literally behind one of the guys behind the creation of S- the summer of love with Allen Ginsberg, Timothy Leary, Gary Schneider. He was, you know, part of this whole thing, the human being, all of this stuff, uh, was part of the CIA's MKUltra agenda that was spun into a, peace, love, hippy-dippy nonsense type of thing, again, to create schizophrenia and a psychotic break. And the people that listen to all of these people, they wanted you following a primacy of consciousness nonsense philosophy that reality isn't real.
1: Well, and also the destabilization, right, um, which we didn't get into that. Um, sorry, it looks like there's some... Um, House guests upstairs.
0: I'm not sure they are. What's oh, we, going yeah, on? we it's two hours. Oh, no, no, we can wrap it up here. No, it's fine.
1: We let, let, just we we'll keep rolling with this, man, because you know what? I'm like easy rider, man. No, no, this is it's it. it you know, like the reason Alan Watts, like I, I got these, like I, you know, my fa- you know my family. I probably told you, you, know from like one half my family's old all straight California. You know, new like Henry Miller, um, Ramakrishna, even Alan Watts. You know, out. I mean. My grandmother was kind of connected um, with that. Um, my, you know, my grandfather um, was uh, very much, uh, you know, connected with it. He was a big, um, you know, connected with the socialist stuff. Um, he, uh, he didn't know he was a, you know, pretty righteous guy. You know, he stopped the drilling of, um, you know, drilling oil. He stopped Rockefeller drilling oil in, um, you know, in Long Beach uh, Harbor. But, you know, but it's still, I was kind of raised in that. And I had all these books, right? They were given to me. Um, some of them, you know, these are like, at like 12, 13, 15 years old, Alan Watts, the wisdom of insecurity, Alan Watts, these little paperbacks, right? Those really, really damaged me even probably more than, than doing psychedelics because, um, well, I, like I said, I didn't know Alan Watts was, um, was connected with MK ultra. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I I keep getting all this
0: in my early mid twenties. I used to sit there and listen to Alan Watts on KPFK all the time. And I didn't even know he was behind the creation of the Pacifica network, you know, and I would sit there and try to do his ridiculous double bind meditations and all this crap. But when you're young and gullible, you fall into all that junk.
1: Well, let's, I'm just going to read some quotes, just Alan Watts quotes. Trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. Trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. Well, I mean, it seems like in me, you know, this is like, oh, it's a Zen Cohen. It's contradictory. Well, wait, trying to define yourself. Well, I, I can define myself. In fact, I should define myself based on what I'm doing at the time. I'm talking to Jan. If I decide you know, define myself as a male dancer, as a you know a male, you know, escort dancer, when I'm talking to you, Jan, and I start like taking my clothes off and dancing in the background, that's, <laughs> that's a bad no. definition. That's, a, so, that's,
0: a, that's not a mental image I needed. Thanks, Hans. <laughs> I don't know why that
1: I just it just it came to me. I just started the most Sorry man.
0: I just, Oh I got it. Oh, oh man, I don't know I was, why. i was gonna that. ask you if you're gonna start dancing at the Epstein Island, you know?
1: No man, I
0: mean I'm not a good dancer, dude. I mean that's the oh.
1: I I mean, I joke with my wife, I'm like, oh yeah, I just got a, I got a gig tonight.
0: I'm being hired by a bunch of 20 Someone something. said uh, Someone says, utterly, utterly gross. <laughs> oh, my god.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm being shut down.
1: <laughs> well, no. And so I can now, anyways. Oh, that was tough. a bad, I, I, sh- I, should have, I should have done it. That's what just popped in my head. But because of the absurdity, though, of that, that quote. OK. Man suffers only because he takes seriously what the gods made for fun. What is that?
0: Yeah, well, that sounds like the gods we talked about earlier, the Greek gods, that uh, are trying to destroy the world and humanity, and they promote all of the iniquity and debauchery to undermine society. Okay. You know?
1: I'll just read a few more of these quotes because they're really prescient, so to speak. We seldom realize, for example, that our most private thoughts and emotions are not actually our own, for we think in terms of languages and images that we which we did not invent, which were given to us by our society. So see how pernicious and diabolical this actually is. We seldom realize. So look, you know, these are very, you know, these type of um, you know advanced you know mind control speakers like john lennon i, I do not maybe theodore do wrote at the beatles lyrics i, I, I kind of doubt it because you know but anyways there's a lot of nuance and it's very important to, because these are creating subconscious pathways and affirmations and acceptances and the um basically like when things don't make sense you know we kind of almost become unconscious or kind of push it out of our mind right does that make sense so when you have something that doesn't you know you just say oh that just that doesn't mean anything but some of it kind of means something and this is how sort of the cybernetic application of of this stuff goes on so we seldom realize so that means we seldom, but we do realize it sometimes okay seldom realizes we seldom realize for example well we seldom realize for example what i mean so that's Totally general, right? Seldom realized, but seldom means sometimes we realize it. But here's the example. Of course, the example is the core of the statement, right? So we have a flip, inversion of meaning. We have you know, general and specific cases being juxtaposed that are most private thoughts and emotions. Not our thoughts and emotions, some of our thoughts of emotions, but our most private thoughts and emotions the core of what we are not you know what i mean not just you know i i, I can okay I'll, I'll give an example like i opened myself up to ridicule ridicule right by doing that dude just popped in my head so maybe i was thinking ahead okay so i know so i got i was ridic, ridiculed and now i'm like no i'm gonna show you i can dance it's not this guy no just kidding I will not, but, but no, literally, like, I mean, I had, a, like, I was like, what a stupid spontaneous metaphor to come up with. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. I could yeah. not come up with the worst one. Like, I, it, I don't, it was like the ghost of Alan Watts. <laughs> me. Seriously. I mean, you know, uh, but, but, but think about that. So our most private thoughts and our emotions are not actually our own. So that means the core of our beings are not our own. Like, well, I would say that, So look at that. It's just a few words.
0: Yeah, that's well, this is exactly what Steve Jones and I and Kieran uh, covered in the in a recent show. Uh, You know, per these people who follow in primacy of consciousness philosophy, uh, there is only one philosophy because you are it, you know, and it's not your own philosophy because it's everybody's. But at the same time, there's only one philosophy so under their system of belief it can only be you, right?
1: Well, well let's but it's see what we have here is this the, you know the schismogenesis, right? So the double bind What? Is this I <laughs> have
0: right, uh, someone said don't take your shirt off. I don't wanna see your others <laughs> Uh, you're not going to laugh at that. Come on. That's a good self-deprecating joke there.
1: Oh, I'm not. That's not, I'm not saying that to myself, man. That's utter dick.
0: <laughs> that's utterly ridiculous.
1: <laughs> so that, oh my God, I, I've ruined my career. <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I gotta turn around. No, but there you go. See, so there you go. Like you see my, I mean, I, you know, sorry. I didn't, but, I didn't... But, 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 no, but that's, but, but, but Okay. By that absurd example, though, you have to define yourself for roles, right? If you, you know, you're never defined. Well, okay, no, yeah, at a certain point, maybe if you've, you know, you reach a state of integration, then you can just, you you know, you can flow through life without this. But if you're inchoate, if you're not aware, if you're not intelligent, if you're not, you, you have to have some boundaries and definitions of yourself in fact if it's a it's
0: a guidance
1: well it's a guidance but it also is it it creates clarity and simplifies it doesn't create difficulty but anyways let me just finish this short quote because it's such a mind control treasure trove in these like two sentences literally two sentences so again we seldom realize for example that our most private thoughts and emotions are not actually our own for we think in terms of language and images that we did not invent well do we have to invent language do we have to that goes why we all speak languages dogs bark you know um you know birds chirp there's a language is part logos language languaging is part of the
0: word any
1: even trees communicate trees communicate with um you know with infrasonic sound under the earth you know there's trees have networks of communication in fact right they communicate through these very low resonant frequencies like electrical um, impulses so communication language is there so so we think in terms of language which we did not invent but was but which were but which were given to us by our society so our society is now evil for giving us language and images that we didn't invent then my own private thoughts and emotions, I don't own them anymore. Right. It means, so look what a head fuck that is. If you took that seriously, um, I mean, think about that. And and it, people, that
0: that's Alan Watts' quote, right? Yeah, you know, Alan,
1: these are all Alan Watts' quotes. Okay. okay. Yeah,
0: them. that's, you know, and it's the same, it's in line with the, the nonsense that Aldous Huxley's close pal, uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti, promoted too. But, you know, one thing that Watts omits there is defining terms.
1: Yeah, Um, well, not only defining terms, but but, but just, I'll read two more quotes. Um, The meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and obvious and so simple. And yet, everybody rushes around in a great panic if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves.
0: So you should just be on a street corner, drugged out, panhandling, and uh, a wreck until you overdose and die apparently. Well, or in the case you know, of Alan Watts, drink yourself to death.
1: Well, that's cuz probably his is karmic guilt from what he was doing cuz he got set up as this this zen master guru with his his funky mustache. I've actually I saw remember like his houseboat, you know, the houseboats, you know, you all oh, you live in the the well, golden. I I spot. went to his houseboat
0: <laughs> uh, what 2016 or so, I went over there to the houseboat and and looked at it. I've seen it, too, man. Yeah.
1: But, but, you know, again, the meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and obvious and so simple. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. He's a great writer. This is great as really, unless, you know, you read it, you kind of gloss over the words, but it really, it is very advanced, you know, mental programming language, right? It's very advanced cybernetic, schismogenic language um okay just to be alive the meaning of life just to be alive and yet everybody rushes around in a great panic oh as, as if it was necessary to achieve something beyond themselves well heidegger you know says you know the main thing is that the whole point of being alive is to reach beyond yourself right to go beyond yourself and that is if if that is it just to be alive well what, what, what if I'm on, you know, I'm on a ventilator in a hospital? I'm a, oh, that's the meaning of life? I've succeeded. I don't, I'm not in it, you know.
0: Um, well, uh, okay. And it, well, Prescott says, empty your mind and melt into the great oneness, but nothing exists outside your mind. Ah, screw it. Just do drugs and let us enslave you.
1: The menu is not the meal. You are <laughs> right. a function Wait. of what the whole universe is doing in the same way that a wave is a function of what the whole ocean is doing. Through our eyes, the universe is perceiving itself. Through our ears, the universe is listening to its harmonics. We are witnessing through which the universe become conscious of its glory, of its magnificence. So, so we're so there you have, you know, the you know, there always has to be some core of kernel of truth. But then what is the universe, right? The universe. So so you have all these vagaries. Um, I have realized the past and future are Are real illusions. They exist in the present, which is what there is and all there is. I mean, I think I remember reading that. That that, you know, which yes, is that true? It is true. Um, in, in obviously in one way, but without our past, it's not past and future. You know, it's not like we're gonna time travel, right? It's not like we're gonna you know. We're gonna change our skin color. Well, we can change our skin color, or genders, you know, if we want to now. But then, that, that, that's part of
0: this whole. Well, I'm a non-binary horse. Yep. Yeah. There you go, man. Um, so so I, I'm gonna... I, I can't do a pole dance though because I'm a horse. Oh my God, that that
1: was that was like that was that will go
0: down like I'll probably <laughs> I'm gonna
1: you know I'm gonna have to get psychotherapy, man. There's probably, <laughs> you're probably not even like giving me the
0: and that was a negative example i'm not defining dude it was funny it was funny just laugh roll with it it was it was hilarious no
1: I, you know, I, i'm now i've been pushed to the edge i, I may actually do it
0: I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
1: i'm such you know i i am really a i love okay i'll be honest you're,
0: you're a doctor of music you don't need to be a dancer
1: no i am um you know, I've had people tell me that, you know, like I learned the one thing I do innocently, right? I'm very any activity, you know, writing, this, that music, I'm very strict with aesthetic codes. Dancing, I love dance. I have a passion. Um, I studied uh Bharat Natyam dance in India. So I had like I did a, a little show, the entire audience literally just collapsed in paroxysms of laughter. I mean they 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 literally fell down. I mean they were Sitting, but I mean, so my dance is uh, it's in you know, it's inadvertently funny, but I do it seriously. But I I, I don't dance much, in fact, I'm I'm I guess people would say I'm horrible at dance, but (laughs) I do it so honestly and innocently. I mean, I I could you know, these are the I'm not gonna Krishna playing his flute, (laughs) it's not very erotic, is it? See, it's the
0: whole uh, the whole Eslin Institute. Agenda.
1: Well, you know, Dragon, uh, but that just to—I really want to. I think you know, thank you, or if I brought up Alan Watts, um, thank myself, but I'll thank you for bringing that up because I didn't know he was connected with MK Ultra. But look at so between the first few quotes I read, right. And then you look, he's got stuff, you know, go with the flow, jump in the stream of life. You know, the universe is seeing itself through you. You're the voice. You know, the universe is hearing its own harmonics through you. <laughs> well, but then it's like it, your deepest feelings and emotions are not your own. Wait, so you, Alan Watts, are, are going inside of my own mind and saying, because society gave me a language and images that, are, that I didn't create those images, so what I have to build entire civilization myself and then you go to jerry garcia right or you know the um the modern 6g you know uh metaverse where you have your own little bubble of your own little thought projections you've lost the stream you've lost you know what i mean so you know you see these inversions and yet there's a thing of like certain things yeah certain things in life will settle right If you learn to be fully present and be fully aware um, and to be able to face things without reaction, I mean, reaction means that, you know, you have a stimuli and, you know, someone says something and immediately you you get angry. Okay, then every time someone says that, you're going to get angry or every every time, you know, you see some, you know what I mean? Like every time you see a female or a male, you want to copulate or you know what I mean? Like all these things are habitual reactions. These are um, these are prisons of thought that require that that, um, you know, the loosening of these bonds of whatever they are, addictions or you know, traumas, whatever they may be. But then see how it's inverted, right? Go with the flow, but then nothing's real. And then you're actually the universe. And so you're taking LSD and you're hanging out with Alan Watts on his houseboat. Or you're, you know, you're doing your microdosing and you're working for Silicon Valley in 2022. Same process. You're going in your own head. You're no longer, you get, I don't know if that you follow me, but.
0: Yeah, um. I do. Well, and who came up with microdosing? That was James Fadiman, whom I interviewed over a decade ago. And he was one of the last to do legal LSD experiment. In uh, what was it, 1970? I think it was. And his wife is was a merry prankster, and uh, they were part of that whole uh, MK Ultra scene. So, yeah, all all that same tight little group.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, um, yeah, I think
0: uh, good place to wrap it up. Yeah, 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 there's... Um... Well, we've only done 50 shows, so that's like probably 140 hours worth of material. Could you imagine yeah. listening to you and I straight through all of that? Like, you and I have talked about putting together a, you said DVD, a, a flash drive or something with all of our greatest hits or something, which would be cool to do, but I'm not sure I could listen to us for hundred and <laughs> 140 150 hours of stuff to to put it together you know or just maybe a whole archive and put that out in one piece that would be kind of cool but
1: well you know i mean just as a um i mean is a as a record because a lot of the stuff is disappearing right i mean yeah, disappearing um and, and this um like i just had my i mean my phone um so you know, like I, my phone crashed i totally just you know Bricked, you know, and and I lost a huge amount of data recordings, you know, trying to recover it. But that's there you go. It's totally te- you know, it, not that things are not, you know, uh, impermanent as they are. But I mean, like, you think all this stuff on the internet is going to be there? They're already modifying. You look up search terms, you can't find it, even if you use you know other search engines, it's not there, yeah. Um, yeah or it's it's being spun and and so um
0: well you and I have seen our work together taken by numerous other authors and researchers and uh, spun and repackaged into lesser versions of what we put it out as, you know well
1: the thing is that this is you know it's not just one thing right it's not like this is just a one point you know thing you understand this thing and you you grasp it i mean there's a lot of forces going on here but they're all interconnected right and we continually to see how these um these you know these intersections occur um you know and i didn't even go like mystery schools i mean you know, you look at the, uh, I just, I'm going to throw this out real quick. This is like my last, last solo here, like right. Coltrane. I'll probably never do another show after talking about me doing erotic dancing. That's it. It's over. It's over. No. It's okay. So, um, so Schofield, right? John Schofield with uh, the Schofield Reference Bible. Um, so his, um, his teachers, one of his teachers, I mean, his main sort of guru or main uh, presenters was Westcott, right? Um. And so B.F. Westcott was um, was a professor of divinity at Harvard, and sorry at Oxford, and he founded the Hermes. Yep. He founded the Hermes Society. So, um, so Westcott's club, yeah, at Cambridge, called the Hermes Society. We know, we, going back to the Greek gods, the Hermetic, you know. Etc.
0: Somebody brought this up to me today. This guy, uh, Carl, brought it up to me today that the oh, you know, field Bible was all uh, Crowley and uh, group design.
1: Really? Maybe he's got what he has. a has a uh, is he spying on me?
0: He's copying uh, my research. I don't know, dude. It was like, you know, dude, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What do, you, what do you, Oh, I know. But uh, he just dude, it was weird because it, it, we were just talking about it today.
1: Well, Westcott founded the Ghost Society.
0: Oh, you're talking which, about Westcott and Hort, right?
1: Yeah, Westcott Hort. Yep. Yep. You know, and so this connects with the whole occult revival. Um, you know, in a book, you know, Laba, which is very interesting. Um, you know, it's a novel, but the uh, the author was you know very much into this. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, this. Um, but that that be like that Bible, the Ghost Society. I mean, these are the entire you know process. Um, you know the where they have you know the you know the Renaissance, which this you know in influx of you know not that you know I'm not for like this is wrong. This you know that's not. But, A, we don't really know, we have such a distorted view of history, right, unless you research, like, you know, like I thought, you know, until I watched, uh, no, Apocalypse, honestly, when I saw it, I I thought, uh, Apocalypto, I mean, my friend has a band called Apocalypse, and they do heavy metal songs on steel drum, so, (laughs) but, uh, but, but, uh, you know, when I first saw it, I thought it was almost like a fiction, no, that's real, right, that's as close to real as, you're gonna find, you know, in the the uh, the you know the the mainstream media, right? Of what was going on with the sacrifice, with the um with the intoxication, right? And you can see, you know, all the society women in that, you know what I mean, with the you know, the I, I, maybe you didn't you missed that, but you know, you can see the 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 denizens of the city, right? The elites and how they're all, you know, totally on drugs and decadent and almost like rotting, you know, from the inside. Um, that's that's what they're selling us as liberation, okay? And in fact, you're not even being liberated. You're part of the blue man group. You're, you're going to be put up there on the altar, right? And, you know, and your terror and your fear and your negative emotions, which is what 6G feeds off of, right? The 6G network is supposedly going to feed off of all the, <laughs> all these um, – it's a biosymbiotic Internet. Um,
0: you know, uh, This is from anyway. uh, Timothy Leary's professor at Harvard, David McClellan. It is probably no accident that the society which consistently encouraged the use of these substances, India – produced one of the sickest social orders ever created by mankind in which thinking men spent their time lost in the Buddha position under the influence of drugs exploring consciousness, while poverty, disease, social discrimination, and superstition reached their highest and most organized form in all history. Who's that quote from? David McClelland, Harvard University. That's Timothy Leary's professor, one of his professors at Harvard.
1: Well, I mean there's there's truth to that and there's things that are not true, but what was Leary promoting? I mean, at least let me say this, at least, you know, the actual yogic traditions of India, if you follow them, they're extremely disciplined. They they require, you know, tremendous discipline. The people most people can't even imagine having. Okay? And but this is his professor, his mentor, <laughs> and what is he promoting? Exact same thing. Except without even the discipline of an actual authentic, you know what I mean? Uh, an authentic spiritual practice. And that's the whole thing. You know, that's you, you know, your own guru. That's the you know, the Alan Watts. But what it does is it um just to I mean, like, seriously, like, I was psychologically Alan Watts. I mean, I, you know, I, technically I could probably, like, beat him up before what he did to me. I could, you know, I won't say anything other than that, even though he's already dead a thousand well, times I've, over.
0: I've fantasized, fantasized about, you know, if, if Aldous Huxley used to live on the next mountain ridge over, if he were alive today, I'd have a pill for him.
1: Well, no, but just think, like, when I, I went through those quotes, not to, you know, to belabor them but these are you know just little drops but you know when you're looking for something right you're innocent so to speak right in the world and then you've you know you've got this thing or like oh you you know you are the universe just let the universe play through you just relax and let go oh the purpose of life just to be alive your inmost thoughts and feelings are not your own your most the deepest part of yourself is not you look at that you've yeah. now that's schismogenesis it's even double so you're projecting outwards that oh i'm the universe but you are totally blocking access to your own self isn't that
0: the definition of a double bind right there yeah well it's a double bind but i mean it's
1: more than double right i mean it, it is a double bind, but it's you know it's a replacement i mean the schismogenesis is not double bind it's sort of a cover because double bind doesn't necessarily create schizophrenia, right? Double bind is can be employed in a schismogenic process, but schismogenesis is when you have the superseding of internal, you know, your internal states and subjective reality is you interpret that as real, right? The schizophrenic you know, sees, you know, the UFOs are landing or whatever. Um, and he's just living in that world. Um, but there's a gap and it's the gap is also the language and definition. Um, and so a double bind is just one component of that whole, that whole, um, the whole system. So, okay. yeah.
0: All right, so uh, let's see. Chaos Theory says, please put together a Hans and Jan archive for purchase. Censors- censorship escalating. Great way to support both of you and retain the knowledge and share your insights. Yeah, I can. I can work on that. I have. I'm pretty sure I have all of our shows archived. I can put a USB together and make that available. Um, we can figure something out. But uh, anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Two and a half hours. That's a long one. And uh, not that we if, haven't. If you want to do
1: like five minutes, if any people had any questions or anything like that, I don't know. I don't have that. Anybody access. have
0: any questions? There was a, a lot. The comments have been pretty busy tonight. Um, any any questions, folks, before we wrap it up here? Quickly, quickly. <laughs> um, I'm not going to. Scroll through hundreds of comments and trying to find
1: questions, uh, nice,
0: but yeah. So uh, anyway, right. who cuts your hair?
1: <laughs> who, You <honor> or me?
0: <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Rudolf Steiner. <laughs> oh boy, let's see. Anyway, I I don't see any.
1: That's fine. What? Yep. Well
0: what got you what got you into dancing
1: i don't i mean
0: it was cash cia cash was around before the cia um anyway i think that's a good place to wrap it up thank you ladies and gentlemen uh hans you want to uh give out your uh contact information
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i've got uh, my hotmail account still going somewhat hans at hotmail.com um Mind control music dot wordpress dot com, which I'm, I'm going to be updating soon. Um, I've got a num- number of new titles coming out, uh, record label. Um, you know, I've got some CDs and I've got a bunch of books that are going to be forthcoming.
0: You got to give me a get, get me a copy of that hardcover, too. I want to copy that. Yeah, the that's like
1: the, that's rare, man. They're like the, you know, I mean, I it's, it's crazy how much, man. You know, it costs so much to publish books now, man. Yeah. Maybe it always did. But I mean, it's like crazy. It's like, you know, you know but yeah, that's um, that's there. There's a few copies of that left. And uh, I want, one, but I want you one. know, I, I'm always like I said, I, I, I will respond. And so I'm just more interested in communication. And, um, you know, creating a the, uh, you know, the those that will survive or maybe we've already survived. Maybe we've Jan, Maybe you and I have saved the planet. Our show Save last week country. may have the saved the earth. So Dude, that, that, show, <laughs> that
0: that show is epic, I gotta say. Yeah. So, so all uh right. all right, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Please uh go to uh logosmedia.com and uh donate. There's also uh donations uh down below the sh- in the show description for uh the show, go to Patreon, et cetera. And uh please like share, and subscribe, and uh, we'll have to have Hans back again someday soon for number 51. So thank you, everybody, and good night.